0: Alright, sorry about that. We had a uh, slight hiccup. Of course, of all the days to have a slight hiccup, a day we couldn't possibly have more to discuss. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin, and it's a Friday, so the Chief Grand Poobah is here. He smells like a bar. Smells like he was rolling around in beer and champagne last evening. And cigar smoke. Cigar smoke. He is, of course, Stan the Fan, Charles. Good to see you. Thanks for uh, Good joining Good to see us. both of you guys. Appreciate Stan brought gifts today. Uh, Stan brought uh, the, some of the corks from uh, the celebration last night, which is very cool. I very was actually over at
1: Totally Wine yeah, last precious. night <laughs> after hours
2: and I was scrummaging around in the trash can.
0: Yeah, it's weird. You didn't come with like a certified, like nothing that authentic- <laughs> authenticates this.
2: Well, my guy Ray Schulte lives in Arizona. Yeah, right. He's, yeah. It's got the A on there.
0: And what's the A four? Angelos, Angelos, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Stan is Does here. Does you have an A? Uh,
3: what, right, like that? No, right on there? the top.
2: On
3: oh, the top. No. Mine bottom.
2: Says LB. Now how about the other side. No. Also, okay. it's Louie. Okay. Well, Two different bottles. All right. Blue, blue Look blue at yellow. that. Look yeah. at that.
0: Well, we got a lot to do on the program today. Yes, uh, Orioles are AL East champions, and they have a lease. We will discuss that coming up a little bit later on. We will um we'll catch up with our friend Roy Firestone, longtime broadcaster and of course very close friend of Brooks Robinson, and uh, he'll share some thoughts, some memories with us. Also, we'll get ready for Ravens Browns today. Charles Davis from CBS will be on the call alongside Ian Eagle. He will check in with us. It's Friday, so we'll catch up with our friend Bo Smolka, press box Ravens beat writer, and uh, later in the show I'm gonna catch up with uh, Michael Dunn, former Terp uh, offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns. And we'll uh, get out of here today with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest
2: Michael Pierce. So, so much to do on today's program. How, how was the crowd this week for the Tyus Bowser Show?
0: Uh, we had a good crowd. We had, uh, I would say that the, the Orioles fever is starting to, to be a like, you know, a thing. I, I had some of our regulars who were like, ah, especially because they were at home this week. Yeah. They were like, I yeah. kind of want to go to the game. And I said, hey, totally understand. Yeah. It's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, it's something that we're going to have to think about. I think it works out that during the ALCS, they have an off day on Tuesday. I don't remember what the story is for the Division Series. The Division Series starts Saturday, so I think the off day would be Monday, so they would be playing on Tuesday. But yes.
2: i got to tell you, last night, there were only 27,000 people in the park. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I say only, it was a nice crowd. Mm-hmm. But um, I, the O in the National Anthem... I don't think I've ever heard it louder than last night. Really? Yeah. It was it was like we mean business. Yeah, right. We yeah, we're here for a reason yeah. tonight. Uh,
0: I was so. there on Wednesday kind of hoping for the best, hoping mm-hmm. that it was all going to work out and thanks a lot, Boston. Yeah. Um but it was, you know, obviously it was a great night last night and I, you know, there's so many There's so many things that kind of converge last night,
2: right? Like there's the
0: dramatic announcement of the lease in the middle of the game to the point where like nobody even knows what's going on and the hell is happening right now. I got to be honest.
2: I'm sitting at the ballpark. Jeff Barker, the Baltimore Mm -hmm. Sun business writer, Mm -hmm. was working on a story having to do with Ben Cardin taking over as the you know from uh, menendez as the chair oh, sure. of the committee and I go, hey, really have you been working on stuff like that? He goes, Yeah, I'm working on that. And I got the, the ballpark, you know, I'm doing business stories around the postseason. And he went up to eat after the game started because he was busy writing. And he I see in between innings, I see the governor and John Angelos on the scoreboard. And, you know, the governor's, like, pumping his fist. John's behind him smiling. And I said, that's great. And the fans are going, yeah, you know. And I'm going, that's great. About three minutes later, Jeff Barker comes. He goes, boy, they really dropped a bomb on us with this announcement. Right. And I go, what announcement? I didn't even realize that they had scrolled something. I would have assumed something like that. That would have been announced, like, before the game like well, ed, with, with an announcement correct. by and, the PA announcer and, with the drew all it was was a picture of John Angelos and you know and Governor Moore and they're smiling and I thought they're just smiling because it's like big game right
3: right I, um it yeah. was yeah I mean it was a uh, very very surprising I think uh, I I was trying to figure out the reason behind the timing as well it was right after the Jorge Mateo uh that bad call where that they, where the right. Orioles challenged it and then right. it didn't get overturned uh so I felt like maybe they were trying to flip the crowd back uh you know get them back pumped up but I'm not I, I don't know Did if that was always the plan Did you read the text that came out? Yeah it was like I didn't even it read said, that. Yeah, it. Yeah just said um you know uh, Governor Moore the Maryland Stadium Authority right. we've agreed to a 30 year extension right. uh lease with Camden Yards, so the Orioles are here yeah. to stay for 30 years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was.
0: It, it was does not appear as though we know any of the fine right. details yeah. yet. But they're about gonna play
2: all their home games in Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> they got the lease though, which is they the got important. the lease. Right, John Angelo right. signed the lease,
0: and this is the like you know I I, I didn't want to poo poo it because I get it like everybody wanted to see the lease get done, but as we've talked about a million times, like anybody that was perpetuating the idea that. You know, anything right. else was going to happen. Right. It was absurd. Yeah. And I get the frustration of, okay, well, then why hasn't the lease been? Right. Sure, it would have been nice to let everybody, you know, sleep on their, uh, a little bit better, I guess, if that had been done earlier. But there was never.
2: And what did John turn down the five year extension? Yes. Yeah, there was a sh- clause a that could have kicked yeah. in a short term. Right. And John turned that down and everybody, you know, the May- nervous Nellies mm-hmm. in town, you know. You facts, and I calmly and I, calmly. Well, and the facts
0: just never words. lined up with the idea that that was ever going to happen. Yeah. The, the, once the $600 million was in play, as we can... I try to say to anybody who will listen, you don't turn down that money somewhere because you don't know that you have it in other places. Like, the, you take the money. It's Major League Baseball. Once the money, the public money was in play, there was zero chance of the Baltimore Orioles being anywhere other than right here. Zero, none. There was basically no chance of it beforehand. But once that happened from a practical standpoint, this is just how professional sports operates. We can't look away from 600 million dollars cuz we don't know that there are 600 million dollars waiting for us in, you know, Nashville or in, you know, where Salt Lake City or Buffalo or Orlando or any of these other places where they would like to have teams. Um. All that being said, I sure I know it was a good feeling for Orioles fans. I'm far more interested in like the facts of it. Like, how is this now? Work? What? What? What did they end up saying about the parking lots? What do they end up saying about you know Camden well, Crossing? And you
2: remember, I had always taken the position and had conversations with Craig Thompson, the head of the Maryland Stadium Authority, that that this was a much larger game at play where I saw a public-private partnership much more down Utah Street Mm -hmm. leading to the ballpark with some kind of configuration of turning that into the area that John wanted on site. And I had been led to believe that that's sort of where they were going, and then all of a sudden we hear about the parking lots, and I was flabbergasted, to be honest with you. And I don't know if it's totally possible. One of the things that I had talked about with some of my sources
0: was we're not opposed to trying to solve something but it's not it's not what they want because we can't do that and so we've got to figure something else out and in the meantime we just need to get the lease done and let's have good faith partners that can continue negotiating even after the lease yep. is done so my gut tells me that's probably all like what played out but there's yep. enough faith and
2: there'll be something down the road right that will address some of the not exactly the way John and the mm-hmm. Orioles wanted it to be, but will address some type of creation of something that the Orioles will be invested in. Correct, I would think. You would like to hope that's the case, okay. but for the for the meantime,
0: there's a lease, and if, for whatever you know to allow people to sleep better at night, sleep better at night on your comfortable lease pillow. I guess like you are, all is good. And I will thank you. I'm glad to hear it, Griffin. I'm glad you'll amazing sleep
2: amazing moves. timing though with the the, the but it, sadness of the death sure. of Brooks Robinson, the clinching, and this, its just a, it was a whirlwind yep. of emotions. No question
0: about it. Hey, real quick, Saturday, October 28th, the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, is the next Baltimore County Police Department hiring event. You can go through all of the process there, the agility test, the written test. You can go through the entire application right there on the spot. Plus, you can learn more about career path opportunities within the Baltimore County Police Department. Specialized units will be there in person for you to ask questions, learn more about other. It's not just normal patrol officers. There are other roles and careers that you can have within the police department. So you can learn about those. And even if you're not thinking about a career change, it's just a great event for kids because they're also doing a trunk or treat. So you can bring your kids out, nice, safe environment for them to get candy that day, put their costumes on, have a great time, and interact with the Baltimore County
2: Police Department.
0: Did you say candy? Yes. So stand. It, maybe it's not just for kids. Maybe it's also for... I've
2: decided not to take the agility test this to time because sure. I want to be in line for candy. I understand that. Uh,
0: 410-887-4584 and join BaltimoreCountyPD.com <clears throat> is the website for you to find out more about that event. Stan, the flip side of it is the uh, practical nature of them winning the division. Like we can have – at, at, maybe next week is a good time to pause and think about the entirety of the season mm-hmm. because they're going to have the week off leading up to the first game on Saturday next week. But the practicality side of it is they badly needed to make sure they didn't cough this up down the stretch because they, this looks like a team, particularly in the bullpen – that has needed a week off and an opportunity to get a respite and to kind of reload yeah. going into the playoffs about as much as any as I've, I've ever seen.
2: They're, they're a young club, uh, yet I feel that they're exhausted, as exhausted as a veteran club would be. It, it feels
0: of, like they're being harmed by, like they've never played this many games. They've yeah. never, or games that matter before. They've yeah. never, a lot of these
2: players have never done it. Yeah some of the concern we've had about the innings, you know, how are they going to get uh, Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer and Grayson past these innings limit, you know, that that somehow that those are total barriers to them competing successfully in a postseason. I think that the thing that's overlooked is there are other teams that have pitcher pitching staffs that are equally as fatigued and equally as up against it. And I think the Orioles have shown a remarkable way of handling this uh, that just I don't see that. I don't think no matter what happens in the postseason now, whether we're booted in the, cha- the division round, we win the World Series, I don't think anything that happens now will be specific to those innings barriers that we thought, you know, that Dean Kramer's never Mm. pitched this many Mm. innings. I mean, Kyle Bradish is pitching better than he ever has. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is pitching at the major league level better than he ever has. Uh, So uh, nothing that takes place will be predicated upon the fact that the club's pitching is exhausted. But having said that... To have a week for a reset and get some tired arms in that bullpen mm-hmm. back ready to start again. You know, I think is really beneficial for this club. Now again, last year the Atlanta Braves got the, the week off. And then laid an egg and lost to, what, the was it the Padres? Uh, the, no, the Padres lost to the Do- or the beat the Dodgers. Uh, the Braves would have been the... The Cardinals? Is that who it was? Gosh, I, I can't remember. Well, it would have Phillies, right? yeah, okay. yeah, it had to have been the Phillies, right? Yeah, it would have had to have been the Phillies. They lost the first round yeah. uh, and were out of it, you know, before you know it. Could that happen? Yeah, but I don't think it'll be because of these fatigued arms in the starting rotation because Dean Kramer didn't look very fatigued last night to me.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the Philadelphia beat Atlanta yes. in four games four in games. the division yep. series. And for what it's worth, both of the teams that had the bye because the Dodgers also had yep. the bye and yep. then lost to the Padres yep. in the following round. Now in the American League, it was the exact opposite. The two teams that had the bye, both were the teams that ended yep. up playing in the ALCS. So I, I, I think this team absolutely can use that for the week. I would also suggest that, like, I don't like saying it out loud because it sounds like we're besmirching the name of our Lord and Savior, but like, it looks like Gunnar Henderson could use a break at the moment, right? Yep. Like It certainly looks like Cedric Mullins maybe could use a break at the moment. There have been... I found
2: it very interesting last night that he was not in the lineup last night in a p- pennant clinching game, and then I expected he fully would appear like in the seventh inning as mm-hmm. a pinch hitter. Or something didn't play at all in the game last he night. He
3: came in for the ninth inning to play center.
0: That he was, did come in the yes. ninth. They okay. made like
3: because they pinch hit everybody in the bottom of the eighth. Okay, and right. And I so didn't.
0: See, so I didn't see that. that. Yeah, well, Kerstead okay. came in for Mateo or pinch hit for Mateo yeah, when he so got the. So
3: Arias came in. Uh, Cedric came into center. They had and then, yeah. And then I think Frazier might have been. Yeah, because Frazier pinch hit, so he came in for Westburg, I think so.
0: But there is the you know yeah. like it, they scored two runs last night. They scored one run. Two days, like yeah. It feels like it's not just the bullpen. It just feels like a few of the bats in this lineup have been scuffling a little bit down the stretch, and they also maybe could use a bit of a reset for a couple of days. Now, to your point, it, we don't know how it affects them to, to be sitting around for a few yep. days. Uh, your nephew and I were having a conversation the other day about it'll be interesting to see what Brandon Hyde's plan is for how do you get these guys the rest that you want to get them and yet not have it turn into them kind of shutting down a little bit yep. ahead of, you know, the most important games of the season. So we we can't have those answers, but it really does feel from afar like this is a team that was going to start being on fumes at some point if they had to keep playing without any sort of respite. They they have they had struggled just enough down the stretch in certain areas that you could really feel like this was
2: important. Now, when do they need to to submit their roster. I believe not until game it's Saturday. Like f- until Saturday.
0: Yeah. Or Friday at the.
2: I uh, think that it's. It the has day nothing of. to do with it this Monday. We no. have to. No. Yeah. It's- so the Felix Bautista thing is hanging out there, but in mm-hmm. the midst of the Felix Bautista thing, I thought Brandon Hyde's bullpen usage last night was fascinating. When he brought in Cano, I said, boy, he really wants to win this thing, meaning, like, Cano's going to pitch two innings. No,
0: I, I've i talked about – Stan, I don't think – in fact, if anything, I'm starting to wonder if
2: they're Tyler leaning Wells. towards Tyler Wells yeah. as being the closer. Uh, Yeah, and well, i, can, I gotta got to tell you, after the other night when he brought in Perez, mm-hmm. and Perez got the save, right? Didn't he get a save two nights he ago? He definitely pitched – I assume he got the he came save. in the yeah. ninth yeah, came in inning. in the ninth, yes, um, against Cleveland. I said yeah. – I said, wow, he's bringing – because he let Cano pitch two And I said, with two left-handed hitters, Devers and Verdugo coming up, I said, I guess he's going to Perez here for the rest of the game. And he let Perez pitch to one batter. I think he's – what he's, what he's doing now, it's kind of like the original Manchurian Candidate movie where they had the guy hypnotized and he goes, hey, Frank Sinatra figures it out as a psychiatrist or something. And he says we got a whole deck here, and what they what they threw at them last night was you know they threw the kitchen sink at the Red Sox in the last and two I, innings. It,
0: you sense that it was a little bit of last night. We are and and Brandon Hyde did I know he did reference this like the, getting a couple of days for us to not have to worry about yeah, anything decompress
2: even these last three correct, days of the season was worth treating
0: the last couple of games like playoff games. Yeah. Even when they pulled, you know, Dean Kramer last night, you could say they didn't have to do that right. necessarily, but it was the right moment. But, and and it felt like him saying, this is the way a playoff game will go. Yeah. Like this is, and and I had um, someone whose opinion, who's who's written for Masson before someone who I know had reached out this week and said, because I was debating, I I think I was surprised that McKenna was the guy to go instead of Kirstad because I was like, wow, I thought they were going to value McKenna and the role that he could play yeah. and want him on the playoff roster because of that. And now you start to do the math, and unless somebody gets hurt, he's not going to be part of the division series for yeah. sure. Like I guess the math would work out that he could be part of the ALCS. So I was a little surprised by that. And I said, but they still have to make another roster move too because they still have the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh and twenty eighth men. Right. So somebody else still has to go. So it still could be that Kerstad is the guy to go. Right. Even right, beyond, right. it could be that both of them were always going to go. And I, this this person reached out and said, I think they're going to try to go with a deeper bench and one less pitcher because they're not going to need a fifth starter. And I said, I the way that you pull pitchers in the playoffs. I don't... That would be
2: risky. Mm-hmm. And, it really would and, and these games are so close. Last year, the amazing thing about the Astros and what, what one-up them over everybody else was they just kept being able to throw an arm out yep. at you. And it was an arm that, for one inning, yep. you were really going to be hell-bent to score a run, even with the... Uh, you know, did last year they didn't have the ghost runner in the postseason. No, and they're
0: no. not doing the ghost runner in the postseason. Okay. Again, like this Any is. Any postseason nope. games. Okay. Nope. So that's the so other. Th- and that's th- the other th- factor for me is why I wouldn't go one fewer, pitchers. you know, pitcher is yeah. because all it takes is one 15 inning game yeah. to screw yeah. up all of your plans and to leave you in a real bind pitching wise. So I don't think there's a chance in hell that you go one fewer pitcher. I think yeah. you need all the pitchers, even if you don't use them. You you have to have them available to you at that point.
3: To your point though about having that deeper bench, I mean, you could kind of you could see it last night. It, it allowed Brandon Hyde the flexibility to in that bottom of the eighth right. inning, I mean, he pinch hit for everyone. He got the matchup that he wanted, and then he was then it, that gave him the ability to put Arias in, put Mullins back into the. I, into
0: I'm the not denying and, that it's valuable. It's yeah. just that you can only have 26 right. guys on your team, and you can only use this. I, would it be nice to have sure? And would the Orioles sort of designate like a you know a, a designated survivor here? Would they say to you know, Cole Irvin, hey man, I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to hit that pothole after the game because if we do have if we go with a deeper bench and we do have a fifteen inning game, then we're gonna have no choice but to put somebody on the DL and your playoffs are gonna be done. Sorry, you know, like it's just it's what it is, but we just have to make that plan ahead of time of who we're going to have get injured. But if you're only putting 12 pitchers on your roster, how could Cole Irvin even have a roster spot? Like yeah. who of the 12 are you now willing to sacrifice for the rest of the playoffs, essentially, if you were to run into that spot? I, I just don't think Be- you can do that. Very
2: interesting, too, is the usage. You know, I had brought it up to the guys on uh, the Saturday show, the bat around Paul and uh, Zach, mm-hmm. the the notion of, of – immediately, about 10 days ago, immediately moving Flaherty into a bullpen role. And two days later, they put him in, and then he never pitched again. We haven't seen him. Now, we'll see him, I'm sure, this weekend in some, some regard, but... Does he make the roster, the postseason roster?
1: I I had always assumed
0: that his innings would be something that would give, that once they did that, I thought to myself, oh, that shows where they think he can have value. Right, because he could come
2: in and pitch two or three innings. I've always wondered about his temperament.
0: I wonder if he didn't handle it well. I I don't know what to make of the fact that we haven't seen him again. Now, there also hasn't been a scenario where they've specifically needed a, you know, two-inning guy that wasn't in a very close game. And maybe that's the part that we're struck, is that they just don't trust Jack Flaherty in a one-run game yep. scenario. And so his value as a potential you know, eater of innings has just not come up. But yep. The other thing to keep in mind, and I mentioned that your, your nephew and I had this conversation, the Orioles probably can't catch the Braves. They're three games behind. They can't catch the Braves because the Braves have the tiebreakers. So they can't catch the Braves for the best overall record. They're only two games in front of the Dodgers. And I do think that it's warranted to say that you want to make sure that you were to be in as or- if it were to be in as or- if it were to be in or- as or- if, or- if it were to be an Orioles-Dodgers World Series matchup, you'd like to have home field advantage there. As much as we say, well, they can't get you know the number one seed overall anyway, so right. just shut it down. Y- yeah, that's true. But we don't know that it's going to be the Braves in the World Series. We just don't know that it could be the Dodgers in the World Series. And if you just roll over and go ahead and lose all three games the rest of this weekend and allow the Dodgers to overtake you, you might feel a little silly if that ends up
2: being the case. So So I'm I'm confused. We don't know what city uh, or what league hosts the the opening games. The World World
0: Series Series? is now just to add the better record. Okay. Wow.
1: So,
2: again,
0: the Braves have locked up that they would have home field through the World Series. But the Braves could lose in the playoffs. And the only team that could overtake the Orioles in the process would be the Dodgers. The Orioles are two games up. Well,
2: they the sure didn't play last night like they, they cared whether they, they, they won seem, the game. The they
0: Dodgers. don't seem to care about it at all. So yeah. maybe that's the other good news is that if you just assume that they don't care, then you could not
2: care. Because you know it's all about my fantasy team. Oh, uh, who, who did you? I had Ryan Yarborough. Oy, oy, oy. All of a sudden I'm looking at my stats list and I, I don't move. I've got like a 10-point lead. 11-point lead over Scott Garceau for third place. I'm, I mean, I'm in second place, which is a nice payday. Mm-hmm. I look at my stats, and I go, yep, yeah, my offense is dead. And then I see Ryan Yarbrough, and I go, oh, he's got 11 strikeouts. And it was 11 hits in four innings and nine earned runs. He just said, go, you go ahead, guy. <laughs> go right ahead. Enjoy and, your night. And uh, seriously, I had a panic situation I go well. They're so far behind now. They might just leave them out for another right. two or three innings. Hundred percent. Well, I'm Unbelievable. sorry. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. I'm very, very well, sorry. It didn't move. It didn't move the needle, which
0: is shocking to me. John means you can eat so many guys that 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 you can even so many guys that you can even. Like to your point, I I think that Jack Flaherty probably starts one of the next two games. I'm going to assume that's Jack Flaherty and Cole Irvin on Saturday and Sunday, right? Like, that you're going with guys that you know are not in your playoff rotation. Is, guy-
2: Cole, is Cole up? I did not see oh, him. that's right. He's no. not up, is he? He got no. sent down, yeah. He got sent down about a week ago. So I don't even know who could start the other game. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you... You throw out. You got a full week, so I mean Gibson could right, start. Right, and you it, just have you know? him go three innings or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Two then, innings, almost but, treated like a bullpen day.
0: It's you know? a very weird. It's yeah. a very Gibson arguably is the guy that you could let pitch for eight innings in a meaningless yeah. game because yeah. he's got him in him. We'll see how they handle it this weekend and moving forward. But the part that matters is the Orioles are AL East champions. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We'll have plenty more baseball conversation as the morning goes on, I promise you, but there's also a football game coming up this Sunday. Ravens-Browns, kind of an important little game at the start of the season here in Week 4. Two teams tied atop the AFC North. Our next guest will be on the call for Sunday's game for CBS. He is the great Charles Davis, and he is with us again here on GCR. Charles, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us.
4: Well, Thanks for having me, and congratulations to the O's. Uh, As a person of a certain vintage, it's so much more fun to see them on the scene and competing the way they did. I grew up hearing play baseball the Orioles' way. Yeah. So yeah. Nice to see them back. It's, uh, it is they a, found
0: their way again, Troy. Sure Charles. have. It's been a lot of fun for us this summer. We um,
4: did. Actually, actually worked at one time with the daughter of former general manager, Harry Dalton.
0: You're a, oh, you're a man who enjoys some orange. 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 Oh, you're a man who enjoys some orange in your wardrobe, right? Like, oh, yeah. I yeah. Know, dating uh, yeah.
5: You. Orange of a certain, yeah. Yeah, a sort different hue, right? I get
0: it. A different hue is yours. What do they call Tennessee orange, Charles? Uh Big orange. Big orange. Okay, all right. That's a little bit of a different hue, yeah. a little lighter than Orioles Yeah, it's a, ten-
4: it's a Tennessee orange. It's yep. ten- we, we call it Tennessee orange, big orange, that sort of thing. Other people call it burn your retinas out orange when you see the
0: whole stadium full been to the ravens a week ago 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 to the ravens a week ago to the ravens a week ago is not really to me a huge story about who the ravens are as much as it's a goofy day in the nfl where bad conditions, a depleted—I mean, they—all of their inactive, stand, crazy circumstance, crazy circumstance, crazy circumstance, crazy circumstances during late in the game, all conspired to lead to a distasteful home loss, which doesn't make it okay and could end up biting them at the end of the year. But it doesn't suddenly make me say. Well, I, I think they were fraudulent, and the way that you felt after the Cincinnati game wasn't real. I, I still think they're probably among the better teams in the AFC, right?
4: Yeah, when healthy. Definitely when healthy. Um, and the way that they play, even when they're not healthy, leads you to believe, okay, how do we deal with this crew? Because <laughs> this crew is always the same way. Their mantras play like a raven. You know, what, what they stand for, it's real. That, that culture is, is embedded, and we see it week in and week out. I totally think that you're on target with that when I'm with you. Much more so at the end of the year, will this be the type of game that costs you playoff positioning? Do you have to win an extra game that you didn't have to, you shouldn't have had to win? You know, will people have to play week 18 as opposed to, you know, this is what that that sort of a loss did to them. And especially the, the, the team that they lost to, because in no way, shape or form was Indianapolis better than they were. Baltimore and, you know, look, I, I'm one of those people who loathe to take credit away from people because, you know, that's just the wrong thing to do. But I also wouldn't be real if I sat there and said, well, you're not doing Indianapolis. No,
1: right?
4: <laughs> no. OK, Baltimore is a better football team. All right. And they found a way to put themselves in a position and then it came up, came true where they end up losing the ballgame.
0: And that's, um as you said, one that could end up biting them at the end of the year. But I, they have the opportunity, and it's not going to be easy because these next two weeks, road games in the division against teams that are feeling good and playing well. Charles, let me let me go to the flip side. Let me go to the Brown yeah. side before we – we'll come back talk more Ravens. But are, are we, do we have enough of a sample size to, to acknowledge that this is legitimate, what they're doing defensively? Because this is teetering so far on – like, a defense that we didn't think was still possible in this era of the NFL. Like, is it is it possible yeah. that that's really how good this Browns defense is?
4: I think we're going to find out. I suspect that they are a very good defense. Now, these types of numbers, can they hold? Right? This is what we're talking about because you're talking about historic numbers, and we're talking to a couple – I'm talking to a couple of guys who are in Baltimore that know about historical numbers on defense, Right? Can that hold through a 17-game schedule? That's always a tough one and dicey because you never know how each Sunday is going to go. And you mentioned earlier, you know, that was a goofy Sunday last week. What if it's a Sunday where their offense is clicking like crazy and the defense doesn't need to be what the defense is and they give up somebody throwing for 450? You know what I mean? It's that sort of a thing. Bottom line is this is a really good defense. And the talent has been there because if you really examine that team, who's different? Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, the defensive tackles. The Darius, the Darius Smith yeah, that you the, guys that's know well. That's the new one, right? The yeah. rusher. Yeah. yeah. But Newsom, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, MJ Emerson in the back end, same people. Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, a linebacker, uh, Russo Coromora, same people. Jim Schwartz is a, a, a big X factor as a defensive yeah. coordinator. They have bought in on what he wants to do. Heck, it just, it just, I'll put it to you like this. Greg Newsom in the off season, people were hitting him up on Twitter. Are you going to move inside the slot? And he wrote a big N-O in capital letters. Hmm. Where's Greg Newsom playing and playing well <laughs> in the slot? And, and no protest to be heard anywhere. Loving what he's doing. So Jim Schwartz has had a profound impact. And he's playing to the confidence level that he has given them. And they're really good. We saw them against Cincinnati. Okay, so here's the deal. Let's just, let's just make it real simple. Cincinnati, big reputation, great names, great players. They throttled them. They haven't played super well on offense all year, though. Cincinnati has not, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair.
4: Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming out of preseason. Everybody was like, oh, God, they're t- ready to take the leaf." Here they go. They haven't been great on, on, on offense. Kenny Pickett and crew. they haven't been great. But they throttled them. It's another big name. Cincinnati's a big name. Pittsburgh's a big name. Tennessee, Derrick Henry had 20 yards rushing. Yeah, it's nuts. 13 carries, okay? Tennessee's not great on offense by any stretch of the imagination. But Derrick Henry's legit, and they they totally shut him down. They are legit. But this will be the first time they play a top 10 offense in the NFL in this short sample size this season. And Lamar Jackson. This is where they make their bones, I think, totally across the league. Because if somehow they're able to shut down Baltimore, hold Wilmar and check the whole deal, you have got everyone's attention at that point.
2: Charles, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns suffered their first major injury of the year with the loss of uh, Nick Chubb. How, yeah. how are they going to work around that? Who is there there in the depth chart?
4: Uh, Jerome Ford, the kid they drafted in fifth round, he was an Alabama kid, transferred to Cincinnati. He's getting first crack at it. In fact, the night Nick got hurt, he went over 100 against Pittsburgh with a big 69-yard run to help him. Um, Didn't have big yardage last week, but he's there. Kareem Hunt has been re-signed, so this will be his second week back into the fold. Um, They actually utilize wide receivers as runners as well to actually add to it. Elijah Elijah, uh, Moore is going to get some carries, I'm sure, not necessarily from the backfield position. But those jet sweeps and other things of that nature, they're just going to have to do it by committee and see what they get. They traded for Pierre Strong, kid out of South Dakota State, got him from New England, and see what happens. But I don't care how you you slice it. Nick Chubb gives you a whole different identity when he's on the field running the football than anyone else you have. But the beauty for them is they can throw it and Deshaun Watson can run it himself. So that adds to what you're doing. You just won't get it in the same package wearing 24. <laughs> You're going to get it in multiple packages with a lot of different jersey numbers coming at you.
2: Tell me about what you see with Deshaun Watson now. You know, he had the problem of not having played for nearly two seasons. Then he's also trying to learn a new offense last year when he did get in there and it was compressed. Uh, is he back to being as close as he as he's, has been to what he was in Houston at one time?
4: Not yet. Last week was the best we've seen him mm-hmm. in, the, in the short season. I mean, look, you, you, you've talked about it. Hey, don't forget, people have to remember, in 2021, coming off of a monster 2020 season, he sat out the year. Yep. Okay, contract dispute. So now you've missed an entire season, not working out with your team, not doing anything. The next year, he comes to his new team, but he suspended the first 11, which means you can't be around the facility for, like, the first 10 weeks of that. So he was there in training camp and preseason, but then he had to go away. And so when you come back, it doesn't automatically knit back in, and he hasn't played now in essentially two seasons. Yep. So he's still knocking Rust off. He's still getting the, 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 the movement back, the timing, the speed. Last week was as close as we've seen, but it's still not vintage yet because last week was a lot of short throws that went long. Right? A lot of good plays like that. Now, the one slant and go that he threw to the uh, running back, to, um, to Ford, was beautiful. G- great throw. I'm not saying he didn't make good throws during the day. But we haven't seen them extend it through the air very much yet. Amari Cooper catches it, takes off, and goes. Now, one of them would have been a bigger play, but they blew it dead when he was in bounds, which was unfortunate for them. But I did think that last year was closer to it. The Pittsburgh game, I've not seen a quarterback be as overly hyper- in a ball game as we saw Deshaun Watson that night. I don't know what that was. You know, he, I mean, he got two face mask penalties. He bumps an official. He's, he's emotional through the night. He's going back and forth and it was very strange. I didn't see that last week. I saw a kid, a, a young man come back into being what he's supposed to be at the quarterback, a little more under control, a lot more under control leading his team as opposed to where he was. I just think the emotions of everything hit him that night, being back, Chubb getting hurt, feeling like he had to do more, Pittsburgh getting into his head a little bit, and just hadn't been playing. I think we'll see him start to elevate a little bit more from here on out, but of course he's going to get a big test on Sunday
0: is Charles Davis. He, Ian Eagle, and Evan Washburn working Ravens Browns Sunday at one on CBS. He's got to work with that Eagle guy. Yeah, it's a pretty good crew. That's a pretty damn good crew. That it's, is a uh, good crew. Uh, not not because how, of present. How how lucky am I? Oh, it's, it,
2: dude, it's such <laughs> I mean, a, It's such how a great crew. How lucky am I? Uh, I'll
4: put it to you this way, guys. When I joined that crew, this is our fourth season now. Believe it or not, I joined the COVID year, two thousand twenty. So. It's been a weird transition, right? You know, you come in then and you're doing games. In fact, our first game was um, Cleve- Baltimore-Cleveland. No, Cleveland-Baltimore. at Baltimore. <laughs> That was our first game. It was Kevin Stefanski's first game as a head coach. And I remember when I got the job, I called my dad. And my dad said, so you're going to CBS? I said, yes. He goes, what team are you joining? And I said, I'm joining I and Eagle and Washburn Crew. He goes, huh. I go, what? He goes, they're really good. Yeah,
1: they and are. I said, yeah, they are <laughs> <all> really good. <laughs>
4: and, and, and he said, and, and this is my father. And I promise you, he said this. He goes, huh. Well, if things don't go real well this year. We'll know who we'll know what the yeah, issue the weak is, link was. Like.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it's always oh, such I, a positive I, and, and force it, behind Right? You, yeah, thanks, Dad. Right? No, and I and I mean this, and I would say this to anybody. It's not because you're on the phone. It's I, I get very excited, and the news that you guys are doing the next two games is really exciting for us. As we found out, yeah. you're doing the it's Pittsburgh. Exciting game for us as well. as well. Believe me. Listen, uh,
4: if you're doing AFC North, you're doing Baltimore, you're doing Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland that's a pretty good existence for us. So we're pretty happy about
0: it. Charles, let me come back to Baltimore for a minute, if I could, what this offense is capable of. And obviously the injury is still a huge factor here. The running backs, not Dobbins, of course, but the other two look like they're going to be back, but going to be down. It, it, It appears still two of your top three receivers, but walk me through all of the elements of this, the, what's fair to expect what you've seen so far in the Todd Munkin offense If, you know, the pieces are mostly together as the season goes on, Lamar now, who's been under microscope his entire career, but now also has to carry the burden of being the $50 million quarterback that every time he does anything, somebody's going to say, huh, $50 million for that, right? Like, what is it that your expectations are for how this looks for the Ravens offense moving forward this season?
4: I think it's going to keep getting better. Todd Munkin has proven to me. I mean, I've, I've seen him as an officer. I mean, look, the Tampa Bay teams that he, he uh, organized and coordinated, they weren't very good record-wise. But my goodness, could they move the football? I mean, he was doing it with Fitzmagic. You know? And Jameis Winston throwing a million interceptions and they were still moving the football. What he did with Stetson Bennett at Georgia was off the charts. He turned Stetson Bennett into a draft pick. Okay? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This guy has proven things happen. Now, what I would love for, ha- have for everything to happen, and it's as much for Lamar Jackson as it is for Todd Munkin, is for the life of anyone, can he keep a receiving core that can play consistently 17 games? I mean, every time I turn around, it's mm-hmm. a different receiver. It's a, it's a grouping that's out. They sign these guys. Now, some of it is you're signing on a little bit of spec, all right, look, I don't care how you slice it, and Eric DeCosta is one of the better GMs in the league, you take a little bit of a leap when you're signing Odell Beckham at this stage just because of injury, 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 injury. You're hoping to get the best of what he was or a semblance of what the best of what he was because that's really good, but again, he's dinged up, you know? So Rashad Bateman has been dinged up most of his career in Baltimore. You just wish everything could knit together to get the consistency, Because we talk about it all the time, a quarterback receiver being able to develop that, how do you develop it? Well, you're together all the time. But you can't be together if your receivers are hurt. And that's not blaming the receiver. That's just the reality of what it is. They're either hurt, can't practice, can't do things. How are you going to develop it? So Lamar's trying to get better. They want to get better. But if you can't all be there together, it's really, really difficult to continue to say, well, he should be doing this, this, and this. So I'm just hoping they can get some health some time on task and then see where this develops as it goes along. Because I plugged in the Cincinnati tape and I thought he played really well in that ball game.
0: I thought he did too. I thought it was one of his we we thought he was an orchestra conductor that day and the head He really you know, you know the old the old point the old
4: point guard came into play. Yeah. The the orchestra conductor. But I thought that inside slot fade throw, as you if you go back and watch the tape again, missed it early, missed it the middle part of the game hit Aguilar for the big touchdown in the fourth
0: quarter. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful throw. It, it, it
4: kept going. No you doubt. know, they, 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 they kept taking the shot, and they got closer, and then wham, they hit it. So that's what I'm talking about, being able to develop that time on task so they can start hitting more of those shots
0: earlier. Charles Davis, uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, CBS, Ravens, Browns. Charles, truly appreciate taking the time for us. Uh, and let's we'll re- we will for sure – Enjoy hearing your voice the next two weeks. Hope that you enjoy a Man, couple of big AFC North matchups.
4: We're looking forward to it. Thank you very much. You guys are awfully kind. As I said, I'm pretty fortunate to be with Ian and Evan and, and the rest of our great crew. And uh, listen, these are great games. So our job, not screw them up. So we'll do our best not to. Thanks, Charles,
2: is, you, is your dad part of the crew too?
4: My dad is like you, you're doing uh, stage acting or film acting and you finish a scene. I have a few notes. My dad, my, <laughs> and,
1: awesome.
4: and by the way, my dad's notes are strictly for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, he said. By
0: the way, the <laughs> other guys—they were great. You leaded up. He's—he's
4: like you, got, you guys. You guys. You guys go 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 take a good five. You get a good five on this one. Let me talk to him over. Davis, come over here. I need to talk to you for a minute.
0: Thank That's you, Charles. Really great appreciate story. it, man. Thank you. Be so good, much. Be good, guys. Charles well, Davis from CBS with us here on GCR. I Pretty love sure that doing story. The, yeah, it's it tremendous. Dad yeah, saying, that's a good yeah. team. <laughs> you might be the weak link over there. <laughs> and they are. They're tremendous yeah. together, the three of them. It's a very good crew. Um, real quick, Stan, before we uh, get to this break, and Poe's going to join us uh, here in, early in the 11-a-m-hour, you posed a question to me before the show that I, I started to pose to some listeners on yeah. Twitter just to see what the responses would be. That question being, And and I rephrased it because I said we gotta separate the the dates that they won the three World Series titles because we we venture into hyperbole nothing can be better than winning a World Series. I would agree with that. But given everything from last night, given clinching the division and the lease being announced, where does it go on your list of, you know, your favorite days, your favorite nights? And
2: what are people saying? Um, you know, a few are, are are
0: lining up with you. A few of them. Uh, I'll give you a couple. Uh, Jake, this beats the Cal Statue game and the Young Double, which were previously my two best. I, I the Cal Statue game was fun. I think that in part kind of shows age a little bit. Like, and and Jake, I would probably acknowledge this because I know Jake. He's a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, that just his way of saying he wasn't around for twenty one thirty one. Like, if 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 twenty one thirty one isn't at the top of, I'm trying to think of what else could be higher it's, on the. It's
2: the Cal the 2131 game is sort of a baseball date more than an Orioles date because it's such an individual. That's a record. fair, but it, it, but, it was but, it, but it but it wasn't here. But it was uh, ours. Those two days were amazing. Correct. You know, there's no question about it. But but it wasn't my idea. But somebody with the, in right. the Orioles said to me, "I just want to throw this out there." it's an interesting topic we were talking about it internally is this the greatest day in real franchise history and it certainly jumps into the top in the com- yeah sure right sure you know um, um, I'll, I'll give you a couple more Yeah, go uh, ahead. slump busters it might be at the top because
0: of both things occurring within hours of each other the cal games were great the young double was electric and that's it's not surprising to me that those are the right. ones that stand out that Twenty-one thirty-one, Delman Young sort of stand out as being amongst the top memories of non-World Series. He also points out, um, even though we lost the last game of the 82 season, that series was amazing and, of course, set the stage for 83. I think a lot right. of people share memories and, of course, Earl and the whole thing from 82. I think that stands out for a lot of people, but... Um and the Margaret, um, my heart is so full about last night. You could see how much that night meant to the fans, the players, the organization. There were so many hands, both here and above, that touched this team. So it sounds like she's saying that that's yeah, that's that's moving high on her list. Um, Dave's, what
2: about opening day of when they opened the ballpark? Uh, Ninety two. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Dave says, "Glenn, it wouldn't be at the top of the list for me, but it certainly was a really good night. I don't know that it even compares to '94, just because so, not '94, 2014. I don't know how I read '14 as '94. I don't know that it even compares 2014, just because it had been so much longer between them winning the division titles that that one felt like an almost euphoric release. That I don't know that we can compare this one to." Yeah. And I think that's a fair, you know, like they went 17 years the last time. They went nine this time, Mm -hmm. right? It was twice as long of a drought between winning the division right the last time so I can yeah. understand why somebody would say hey maybe that one felt even more special yeah. than last night felt right like I can I can get that but I do think that you're getting your answer
2: which is that yeah. people are it's, t- it's in the conversation sure. yeah.
0: Troya uh, on Facebook also chimes
3: in and it came to my mind as well the, the that re- the Robert Antino game uh, against I, I hate I, that
2: we still t- I know I know it's really hard a no- to measure, measure. Right? such a nothing a, right
0: I hate know, it I hate and and then I hate feeling that way because then it feels like I being I am yucking someone's yum I I just the way that we talk about that game bothers me because yeah.
3: they showed it at the game last night. I, I, um, yeah, I get that. It, I,
0: I
2: think that's a mistake.
0: I it's, think that it's sad that we feel so much about it because it meant, as to Stan's point, nothing. zero. I, yeah. I've been through this before. Kyle and I used to fight about this all the time. And I hated doing it because I like Robert Andino. And I get that it was a neat moment. Right. But it was I, a neat moment. I wish that we would talk about it like that. Hey, you know, given, given where things were, it was neat to do something. But to talk about it as like a great moment in Orioles history, just burns my ass
2: yeah i'm a, they, total in my lifetime
0: and that was what kyle yeah. would always say like well, uh, we don't have a lot like i right. get it but that's <laughs> that's what makes don't it sad don't set the bar so right? low don't like, set the bar that I don't, low. I don't, I don't set the bar <laughs> yeah. i understand and i'm not beating up troy because i get it no, i do no get one person it. setting
2: like, the bar but right, collectively I, I, just, that game meant absolutely right. nothing and that's it why was a game on the way to being relevant again and that that's, and no, that's nothing what, more, nothing well, less.
0: A lot of people yeah. have suggested it was the moment that begat the 2012 yeah. Orioles, and so it's grown in its legacy because right. of that. And like we are really doing a lot; we're doing the most to try to make that a thing. I wish that we could talk about the moments that actually mattered and what separate. The,
2: what was the event last year the Orioles had that they they brought that in as a? Like, oh, it the was the uh, anniversary the, of the ballpark, right? Yes. It was yeah, the yeah. History it was the of the ballpark. I, yeah, I, I was so. Years about that 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 meant nothing
0: i i i don't know if they it, knocked the
3: red sox out of the playoffs the rays you know beat yes, the but, like it's
0: but I mean, it was almost like we were admitting that we were losers like, that's what, that's what it's like. like we're such losers that that's, just ruining yeah, it was somebody great. else it was i a understand thorn in i tries. understand griffin that's the
2: thing i get it i get it it just god man yeah. Like, when you start to be really good, do you have to bring that
6: up? Right? You know? We
2: actually have
0: memories now. Yeah, yeah. We have things that matter. And I get it. It's a little bit awkward because Delman Young you know, had some personal issues. And right. so it's hard to celebrate Delman Young the same way. Although, I don't know. It, it feels like at some point. I, even that one, I, I feel like I got, I got frustrated about. Delman Young was an amazing moment. But they didn't win the World Series. They didn't even win a game in the ALCS that year. And we treat it in a hallowed, revered way that we don't treat other well, things.
2: That was that series against Kansas City is probably as down as I've ever been. You uh, know, from from more
0: so than when they came back to Baltimore one-one in the ALCS in '96, because that to me is as empty. I started to have a feeling during the Tampa series that reminded me. Of, I've never when Brady Anderson hit the home run on Friday night of the '96 ALCS right. when they were tied one-one. I just thought this series is not going back to New York. Like right. they're winning the American League in Baltimore right. in 5 games. They had exercised the demons of Jeffrey Mayer within days. Like I I nothing has ever felt as empty to me as all of a sudden them yacking up yeah. all three games at home. It was the worst that I have ever felt. Even worse than a, the a year later when they should have beaten the
2: Indians yeah. and didn't but well what, what about the the thing about those series in ninety six and ninety seven was you you could not have predicted that we were about to enter the desert that's true too you know that is a good uh, point. fourteen that fourteen is a good years point. and that is carried yeah. with us um hey, a cool opportunity this
0: weekend for you to meet a Ravens Super Bowl champion as Green Turtle Canton is celebrating their grand opening. And Ravens Super Bowl champion Kadri Ismail will be there from 1 to 2 p.m. this Sunday as the game gets underway. He'll be hanging out, showing off his ring, taking pictures with fans, plus great specials all day long at the new Green Turtle at Canton Crossing. Make sure you go check it out. When we come back in, we will preview uh, the Ravens side
7: of Sunday's game. Bo Smolka joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
0: Best and use the promo code GlenClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The Maryland 5-star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland
10: What's up everyone, it's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and Gray Ace memorabilia.
0: The next Highest Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
7: Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota today. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little
8: easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you
1: moving.
6: Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Hey, uh, back in here on GCR, Project Game Day returns this
0: Sunday. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you immediately following Ravens, Browns, myself, Rita. Our special guest this week is Super Bowl champion Femi Ion badejo will be joining us on Project Game Day. So looking forward to that. Hope that you will hang out with us. You can jump on the show by clicking the Zoom link that we share out on uh, Twitter. And you can just watch the show at pressboxonline.com slash gameday, youtube.com slash Sports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline, facebook.com slash Day this Sunday following Ravens-Browns. Saying the Fan Charles is in studio with us on a Friday edition of GCR. Every Friday, we like to uh, get the word on who may or may not be playing on Sunday and look ahead to that game with our friend Ravens beat reporter for us here at Pressbox. He is Mr. Bo Smolka. And he's back with us on GCR. Bo, it's good to talk to you, sir. I know you uh, got out to some baseball games this week, and it's a very exciting week for everybody here in Baltimore.
11: It is. I was off by two days. I was there Tuesday, and I'm going tomorrow. But oh. I didn't get there last night.
0: Oh, man. But, I was there Wednesday um, and then missed last night, too. So you and I, are, we're, we, we, we painted literally the entire week except the right dates. Well, what are you going to do? But it's a win. It was, it's exciting time.
11: No
1: question
0: about it. Very exciting time um but let me let me work backwards before we work forwards my opinion of last sunday and the column that i wrote and what stan and i have talked about my opinion was as disappointing of a result as it was as almost unfathomable of a result as it was i don't think it really told that much of a story about the ravens versus this is the nfl there are goofy days when you're wildly depleted and the conditions are terrible and you, there's just a series of unfathomable events that occur at the end of the game between mistakes, between missed calls, whatever it is. And that takes, you know, again, it does not take away responsibility, and it might end up biting them in the ass. But I don't think that, like, last week was a moment where the Ravens were proved to be fraudulent. What say you?
11: Yeah, I think that's true. I think in the course of 16 games, we're 17 now, you just, you just have off days. And it's very hard not to. And, you know, it stinks because you, you know, you don't want to give away something. You only get to play so many times and you, and you feel like you can't afford to give one away. And they kind of gave one away. You have a three-point lead with the ball, two minutes left in the game. That's your game to win. And they did it. They closed it out so efficiently the week before at Cincinnati. And this time they just couldn't do it. And and it just turned into this kind of uh, collection of errors over the past, over the last 2 minutes of regulation overtime quite frankly beginning with the whole clock issue with the 2 minute warning and so forth and I know there was a lot of confusion about that the issue at the stadium was the clock showed under 2 minutes when the when the when the safety ended the clock was under 2 minutes and right and so but it's so funny that that happened because I saw the official at the back line of the end zone clearly signal he was out of the end zone but I guess no one heard him blow the play dead so suddenly there's this goofy time, you end up under two minutes, and then they go back and check, and it's over two minutes. And the Ravens have put on this fair catch that they clearly shouldn't have done. And John Harbaugh acknowledges much Monday, they blew it, and they should have called a timeout when they realized they weren't on the same page. So then they you know, then on top of that, they make a bad punt. The, you know, there's just and then in overtime they have two possessions, and on both possessions they fail, right? They throw a Lamar Jackson just throws behind. Zay Flowers on a third down play where he is open. He's just open a quick slant, and he throws behind him. And then on the next series, Isaiah Lakely drops a ball, and then Zay Flowers can't come up with a catch that people are screaming as pass interference. And I, know a lot, and I was among those who said, your best play in that game was Lamar Jackson running the ball. It just was. And, and in the overtime, they had two possessions, and Lamar Jackson did not run the ball. But I will say also... Those plays were there to be made, and I wrote this last Sunday. Zay Flowers was open, and Isaiah likely was dropped the ball. So yep. you can argue the play calling, which I kind of did on the one hand, and the other hand, the plays they call were there. Yep. They just didn't execute them. So there's a lot of frustration, but um, if they win this week, then they will quickly forget that one. If they lose this week, this has, a, this has the potential to kind of become a problem.
2: Can I just ask you this is a little off the wall question bo but was Sunday's performance by Lamar part of the part of the reason Greg Roman designed the offense the way he did Was it was it know. sort of I mean, letting him have too much freedom I, I don't know it just felt
11: odd Well it it didn't look it the game Sunday didn't really look like what you thought this offense was going to look like with all the new
1: mm-hmm.
11: – new, this new offense. It didn't look like a new offense, really. Their best running was – their best play was Lamar Jackson running the ball, and that's, the, that's been the case for like three years. Yeah. Um, yeah. They weren't passing at all downfield, and I know that, you know, they didn't have Beckham uh, <laughs> – Beckham, rather, and then Bateman got hurt late, but I got the sense that they just felt that conditions weren't great. Lamar Jackson wasn't getting a lot of time. And everything was short. I mean, Rashad Bateman had one catch for six yards, and Zay Flowers' longest play was eight yards. So that's not what they expected yeah. this offense to be. So it did look like a it it didn't look like what this offense hopes to be for sure.
0: He is PressBox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us on GCR. Bo, obviously, some of that was the conditions. Some of it certainly was losing. You know, after you had already lost your first running back, losing your next two running backs after that. And and I guess whereas we now dive into the injury portion of the conversation, the the good news kind of starts there is that it looks like on the offensive side of the ball, well, not at wide receiver, but on the offensive line and running back at least, reinforcements appear to be coming this week.
11: Well, I mean, you hope so, right? I mean, Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum were back at practice, which was a really good sign because obviously this is a tenacious Cleveland defensive front. So I expect that both of them will be listed as questionable. I expect John harbaugh will offer nothing except a referral to the injury report when it comes out. So I'm not expecting a lot of clarity there. They won't be 100% for sure. And that's a challenge. But they do think they're going to have Linderbaum. I mean, Linderbaum's back on the practice field, and Ronnie Stanley's back on the practice field. Justice Hill is back on the practice field. And Gus Edwards, who had gone into the concussion protocol or I'm not sure he ever formally went into the protocol. He left to be evaluated for a concussion, but he's back to practicing full, so it looks like he's good to go. So those are all significant positive developments. As you mentioned, though, no Odell Beckham, no Rashad Bateman. It looks like neither of them will play. So that changes things quite a bit. This is the, these are, again, people you thought were going to be kind of some of the centerpieces of this newfound passing attack. And if they're not available then it'll probably be Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar. They'll probably have to call up LeCron Threadwell from the practice squad, and he'll get his first chance to play for this team. Um, of course, they also lost Tylen Wallace, who's been more of a special teams guy than a receiver so far this year. I think he had one snap as a receiver. But effectively, you had six wide receivers on the, lot, on the roster, and three of them aren't going to play. So you're d- digging into the practice squad more than you wanted. You but didn't mention Bo.
2: You didn't mention Duvernay. Did they? Did they view him as just sort of a special teams plus a little bit? No, it'll, I think it'll
11: be it'll be Flowers, Aguilar, Duvernay, and Treadwell. Okay. If I had to bet who the like one through four will be, and we saw Duvernay, he's he hasn't done a lot on the receiving, and he did a few of those jet sweeps like he did last year. Although I've said all summer, I think Zay Flowers is more dangerous on those than Duvernay is. But no, I mean duvernay will be out there his role as a receiver has clearly been reduced with, with yeah. the addition of beckham flowers and um aguilar. With, and aguilar yeah but um again number it's a numbers game he'll have to be out there this week
0: other than that though it's not I mean, for what it's worth it is nice that they actually had some depth at wide receiver so there are nfl players available to put on the roster <laughs> instead of some of the guys they ran out over the years but yeah um the other the other side of it of course is that unfortunately there doesn't appear to be any reinforcements coming at least on the injury front in the edge rush and so they had to go from the outside it's crazy as to think that you could sign a Kyle Van Noy who didn't have a training camp and expect him to be ready to go I I don't know that they have a choice at this point Bo they kind of might need Kyle Van Noy to be ready to go
11: Oh, I don't think there's any question then he would be ready to go. I think he'll play. I mean, and I think last year it might have been, if I remember right, Jason Pierre-Paul played the first week they signed him too, and he played more much more than I expected him to play. I have to go back and I'm not positive about that, but it seems to me they signed Jason Pierre-Paul and we thought, well, it'll probably be a week or two away, and then that four or five days later he played something like 40 snaps. Um but if you, don't have, if you don't have Kyle Van Noy this week, you're right back. Again, Adafe is out. It looks like David Ajabo will be out. Tyus Bowser is not eligible to return yet. Mm-hmm. So that's three people that are out. You're down to Jadavian Clowney, who has played very well in the time they've had him here. And then you're down to Tavius Robinson, a rookie who you probably thought was a year away from needing to contribute. And Jeremiah Moon, who's been a two-year practice squad player who played his very first game in the regular season on Sunday. And those are the three that are kind of the last three standing with Ajabo, job. and Bowser all gone. Malik Harrison can slide outside and play outside as a possibility, but I think Kyle Van Noy will play. I mean, John Harbaugh said they're not going to bring guys in if they're not in shape and ready. And again, we can't see much of how practice works. Um, John Harbaugh said when I asked him on Wednesday about Van Noy, he said, look, we love him as a player. We saw him a lot during the Ravens-Patriots games. I've always liked him as a player. He's in shape. He looks good. And the way Harbaugh said it was, he'll be out there if we need him. I got news for you. They're going to need him.
0: (laughs) It certainly appears to be the case. I mean, unless Kyle Hamilton can just do all, and I know he was banged up, but he got back to practice, unless he can just do all of the edge rushing himself for the rest of the season, I think you're right. that They're going to need him. Um, Bo, the feeling that I have about this is that, like, to your point that you made earlier, this is more important in the context of having lost last week. I feel like there is more to gain than there is to lose. Like, it would hurt to lose, and if it sends them into a bit of a spiral with other road games coming, that becomes problematic, but it feels like there's more to g- If the Ravens were to win this game, they're suddenly 3-1 and and 2-0 and on the road in the division that's a huge benefit to a football team to be stockpiling road division wins. I'm not trying to suggest that it wouldn't hurt them if they lost, but it feels to me like there's a greater benefit than there is a harm just for this one game in a vacuum.
11: I'd agree with that. I mean, any, look, in the division, if you can win your road games in the division, that is huge, and they already have one. So absolutely, if they're suddenly 2-0 in the division with both of those wins on the road, um that would be extremely big and and I you know I I know a lot of people are are expecting a Browns win based strictly on the the, the Ravens physical health mm-hmm. that was also what people thought in Cincinnati and the Ravens went in and played great now the Browns defense is something else than what they saw with the Cincinnati defense at least what we've seen so far in these first few games this year but I have every expectation the Ravens are gonna go in there and play a good game just it just seems they play at their best, and this may be a credit to Harbaugh. It just seems they play at their best when the deck seems most stacked against them. Um, I don't know if there's any more to explain to it than that, but it just seems that that's when they produce some of their best work.
1: No, so
11: fair. I, I think they are going to go in there. I, will they win? I don't know because it's a it's a it's a decent Browns team, and they are they're banged up, and I think some of their some of their injuries really were exposed last week against in a game they should have won, but. Um, I to your point, Glenn. I think that's a fair that's a fair argument. There's certainly a lot to gain, and if they walk out of there with the win and two and zero in the conference or in the division, then that Colts game can quickly kind of fade into the rearview mirror.
2: Bo, the the game by uh, the Kyle uh, Hamilton yes. Hamilton yes. Uh, last week. How does that game happen when we hadn't really seen that? out of Hamilton before, was it just sort of the way that game, the, the matchups, or or is that something that Mike McDonald can use as a weapon now, or does he have to be careful how often he uses it?
11: Well, it happens, I think, because the Colts didn't look at all ready for it. Yeah. and um, I mean, he came three times completely, completely untouched. Yeah. Um, now he did have two sacks last year playing out of the slot. Remember last year they had Chuck Clark and Williams and, or when he was hurt, Gino stone, but they had three safeties and they would come Hamilton frequently played in the slot last year. And he did blitz a couple of times, or he had two sacks blitzing last year, both times coming off the slot and he hadn't had any sacks at Notre Dame. So this was kind of a new role for him anyway, but, um, they've always thought, I mean, they've always thought that's a strength of his, his size is significant. He's just, he, he, they thought he could contribute in that way. Now, when Chuck Clark left, all the talk this summer was, hi, Hamilton, he'll drift back, and he'll be the traditional safety where we thought he was going to be when we drafted him. But as I asked John Harbaugh on Monday, when you watch him play the way he played against the Colts, how can you not consider using him more in that way? And, you know, John Harbaugh said, yeah, there's a, he can do a lot of different things, and we're going to use him a lot of different ways. So how it happens? I think the Ravens see his size, they see his speed off the edge, and they see a way that he can basically track down a quarterback. And you have to account for him if you're on that offense, if you see him in there in the slot. Now, he sometimes will play the slot because they like his size at 6'4", 220, or whatever he is, 200. They like his size matched up with a a tight end or a taller receiver who's in the slot. Um, But now, they have to account for the fact that he might come firing off the edge. and He can obviously be an impact player there. And We also saw him Blow up a screen pass, a bubble screen where he fought through a block and got the guy down. And we also saw him bat a pass at six foot four. So he can have a, I think you're going to see quite a bit of him in the slot. The challenge, though, is if now you've got to figure out who's taking his place. Now, Marcus Williams started practicing this week and was back to full, and that could be a big development because yep. when Marcus Williams went down with his peck injury, a lot of people thought it could be most of or all of the season. And then the Ravens did not put him on injured reserve. And that told you they thought it might not be as long as they thought. And he's back to practicing. He was a full participant yesterday. So there's a case where you might be able to go with Marcus Williams, Stone, Hamilton, all on the field together. And Hamilton gets this role where he plays in the slot and he can create havoc that way.
0: He is Bo Smolka. At B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com to see his stuff. And if you haven't picked up the print issue of Pressbox yet, he's got the cover story all about Lamar Jackson and the contract era. Go get it today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town. Bo, always appreciate you, sir. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again next Friday. All right. It's... All right. Thank you. Take care. It's Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, with us here on a Friday edition of GCR um uh, also with that that topic that we were discussing earlier stan about where last night goes um uh, this is this is fair dave says we can't diminish the fact that it was their 100th win as well that is something that i haven't seen in my life from an orioles team i feel like we're missing how truly special this team is teams that we thought were better than this didn't win 100 games yeah i brought that up like that this is really staggering like it's it's staggering that that's where we're at for a team that we still feel like, well, they probably can't win a world or they, you know, like
2: it, it speaks to how good they were, but the hundred wins is part and parcel of the fact that the Red Sox and the Yankees were both much weaker than we that's, thought. They that's did. true.
0: But like the Rays are the second best team in the American league. Right. And they had to go up against them head to head yeah. this season. And they, they handled them this season head to head. Right. Like I, I, you're right. That is part of the story, and it didn't end up being five. Although none of them were the Oakland A's either, right? right. Like none of them were garbage. It wasn't until late in the season that we realized the Yankees and the Red Sox would be non-competitive. They were still competitive threats for the first half of the season as the year went on. I do think it's 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 worth it's noting sh- that the 100 win part. Yeah. I saw a number that Dan like or something that Dan Connolly said last night that stood out to me in, in giving context to 100 wins. I think he said that, like, Cal Ripken played 21 years, never won 100 games. Yeah. Right. Cal Ripken played 21 seasons in a Hall of Fame career and was never on a team that won 100 in, won 100 in a regular season. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a relevant context for how significant it is to win 100 games, and I think that is part of the story from last night. Uh, also, congratulations to the Norfolk Tides who won the International League last night while the Orioles were celebrating. Who did they beat? Durham. Durham. They beat Durham for the—and so, and that's Tampa, right? Tampa? So how yeah. about that? How about that? Take that, Tampa. Uh, now they get to play the Dodgers— for the AAA National Championship, the Oklahoma City Dodgers will be the opponent on Sunday night. I did not Is realize. Is that a one game? That's a one game. And well, it's Sunday night. Sunday night, so there's no you know, Major League Baseball on on right. Sunday night because everybody plays at 3 o'clock on the final day of the season. So Sunday night on MLB Network, the Norfolk Tides and Oklahoma City for the Triple A National Championship. It's too
2: late to put together a, a press box watch party
0: for the Triple A National Championship. I, you know, we could see if maybe uh, one of our friends wants us to come out and hang <laughs> out. I don't know. I'm not opposed to you it. Come to know. my place. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Like we would do for the fights. I'll come yep. in. I'll come in with some beer. I'll say, "Here's my contribution," yes, and I will walk I like out the door that. with the exact same beer because yeah. Stan said nobody here drinks that. <laughs> <laughs> Works out for me. Uh, Stan, of course, if you're betting the AAA national championship, the place to do it is at Superbook. I don't even know if there's a line. They, I don't even know if Superbook does. A lot of places do AAA betting. Yep. Like you can bet AAA baseball in a lot of places. I actually don't know if Superbook does it. I'll check that right now. But first I'll tell you: use the code Glenn Clark23 or Stan Charles23. When you get your bets in SuperBook.com, download the Superbook app. When you do that. You will get a same day first bet match up to $250 from superbook.com and the superbook app. It that does old not. First bet match. doesn't look like they do AAA betting with Superbook. Doesn't look like you can bet the AAA national championship. That he is the message. You can message Glenn directly. And right, uh, yeah. You, <laughs> you, get, you me. can say Glenn. is booking bets. Correct. <laughs> But, for example, if you want to bet the Orioles to win the American League right now, yeah. they have moved into the role of favorite. Earlier in the week, the Astros were still the favorite. The Astros have dipped to the third favorite. The Orioles are now, according to Superbook, the favorites to win the American League wow. at plus 300. So you want to bet that, you can get 3-1 to one odds. Because about
2: a week ago, people would have thought Houston was going to win their division. Mm-hmm. Now it's much more of a they got to play shoot. in the, wild, play card in the se- wild
0: card series. So it would be interesting to see if Houston comes through the wild card yep. series, if they would go back to being favorites at yep. that point going into the division series. But the Orioles have taken over the favorite role in the American League. The Rangers second. The Astros now third. At so four what do to you one. get
2: with the Orioles? Orioles are three
0: to, three to one. Three to one. Three to one. And to win the World Series, the Orioles are the third favorite behind just the the Braves and the Dodgers Orioles six and a half to one six and a half. to win the world series if you want to bet that right now at Superbook okay. when we come back in uh, I want to talk to Stan for a minute we about Brooks Robinson and then Roy Firestone is going to join us one of Brooks's closest friends to uh, share his memories as well that's on the way it's Glenn Clark radio The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half, must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com.
2: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
6: All the the Orioles train keeps on moving and it's ahead of schedule. The Birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bat-A-Round. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bat-A-Round visit harford
0: county this fall celebrate arts across harford september 15th through the 30th with dance theater music and visual arts september 29th through october 1st is the largest italian festival in maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations a bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford light Trail. For more info, head to visit harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a
2: restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes.
3: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens and Serp's at pressboxonline.com
7: Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay
6: at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to gcr all right griffin uh, you want to remind everybody of what's coming up at live casino and hotel yeah, I want to tell you about the
3: second chance drawing coming up uh, right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, if luck wasn't on your side in a recent bet, well, you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. In two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen Prizes range from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, and cash and free play prizes worth up to $500. Drunks are going to be held every Thursday and Monday, so do not miss it. Go over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: Stan, Roy Firestone is going to join us in a few minutes. You and I spent a couple of minutes yesterday during our pick segment talking about Brooks Robinson. I know you wrote a column about Brooks and some of the role that he's played with PressBox. You brought in today the uh, special edition that PressBox ran
2: years ago. Commemorative magazine entitled Brooks Robinson, the original Oriole title given to us by Jim Henneman.
0: I just wondered if you could, you know, I know it's personal because I know you were close with Brooks and I'm sure that element of it. But I also I'm not trying to show your age, but unlike when I did the show on Wednesday, admittedly, I I said at the end of the show, like, I I worry that I feel fraudulent because I never saw Brooks Robinson play baseball. Right. There's a big difference in that regard, and I I understand all of the other element of it. But I you know saw
2: Brooks Robinson be Brooks the Robinson. I, yeah. and
0: what Brooks Robinson means to me is overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I I still when I when I listened to I went I went and listened to Bobby Gritch again, and I I started crying again. What like, Gritch have to say? Oh, it was so un, it was so powerful, yeah. Stan. It was so powerful. Where was it on
2: Facebook or? Uh, that was during the
0: show on Wednesday. Oh, he was yeah. he, he he was yeah, he with in you. On Wednesday. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was just unbelievable. Ta- him ta- what I'll have to the, go back Brooks, and listen to that. Essentially saying, I I was only this because of Brooks. Like, I mean, just, and walking through everything he modeled and patterned after what he learned from Brooks mm-hmm. in every way that he played the game and the way that he handled himself away from the game. Like, he did not make any bones about it. Like, I am. I. And Bobby Grich was a hell of a baseball player. Obviously, terrific, terrific. There's an argument for Bobby Gritch as a Hall of Famer, right? Yep. Like, and he says it's because of Brooks Robinson, and it'll give you goosebumps. But I wonder if you could tell people about Brooks Robinson, the baseball player,
2: too. Well, I, I'm in I'm in rare, a very rare company in Baltimore because nobody agrees with me. Uh, I would take Mike Schmidt as my all-time third baseman. <laughs> oh, okay, man. okay. You, hold on a run second. You out hold of town. A se- on hold on a second. Then I go one step further. The best third base I ever saw played. Now Mike Schmidt was because he's 500 and some home runs. Mm-hmm. That's why I would take him over Brooks Robinson, the player. Defensively, the greatest six weeks of third base I ever saw. Are Ten weeks was Todd Cruz in 1983. Okay. I never saw But having said all of that, you never saw anybody do the things that we've grown accustomed to seeing with highlight plays. Brooks Robinson, his entire defensive career was nothing but defensive highlights. I mean, he was absolutely remarkable, consistent beyond belief, wasn't the quickest guy, and he admits it, didn't have the strongest arm, but his footwork was so impeccable that he, he was able to get rid of the ball incredibly quickly. And just a tremendous clutch hitter. Brooks Robinson just would produce when the moment called upon him to produce. You know, didn't have 3,000 hits, only a two sixty seven average, but man, you put him up in a clutch situation. And Brooks Robinson, it seemed would always deliver uh, he was just a remarkable remarkable player
0: 1970
2: the the world series yeah uh,
0: it it you know
2: because we're so
0: far removed from it it doesn't come up when we discuss any longer the greatest world series performances of all time Yeah. but
2: my god like, <laughs> it was just it was absolutely unbelievable my good friend and and his dear friend Boo pal always says, man, I got you into the Hall of Fame by scooping all those balls up, <laughs> those throws you made. And Boog had a great defensive uh, series. But Brooks Robinson, the plays he made against Lee May, mm-hmm. against Johnny Bench, and I forget who the others were, but it was it was a one-man show. N- never seen anything like it. The The probability of having that many difficult plays to make and to make every single one of them was just absolutely remarkable.
0: Yeah, and to hit 500 at the and same. Yeah, hit, right. Yeah. Like, and and, and on top of yeah. that, to be on fire yeah. with the bad, yeah. it's insane. Um, I, I, you know, you you have obviously you had interactions and relationships with you know all the greatest here, and you know John Unitas and Cal Ripken, and you know even into this era and Ray Lewis, and and we'll see where maybe a, one day we talk about Lamar Jackson or an Adley Rutschman or a Gunnar Henderson, but. I don't know that there can ever be, and I and I said this a couple times this week. I don't, I can't speak to what Stan Musial's relationship with St. Louis was. I can't speak to Ted Williams in Boston. I can't speak to other players in other cities. But the feeling that we had, and the overwhelming love affair between this man and this city. To take nothing away from any of the other great athletes that have come along. I don't know how it could possibly compare to any of those others. I just can't fathom there being anything quite like this.
2: I'm going to tell you the difference between, between them. Stan Musial was loved in St. Louis. I'm sure Willie Mays was loved in San Francisco. Carl Yastrzemski in Boston. But Brooks Robinson wasn't just loved in Baltimore and Maryland. I got to know when we did this magazine and we go up to Secaucus, New Jersey to, to sell it at collector's shows uh, with Molly uh, and uh, Brissigliano, I'm sorry, who used to put on all the shows up there. The fa- the fans in New York and New Jersey who were lifelong Yankee fans absolutely revered Brooks Robinson. Wow. I don't know that that's the case. We all appreciate Stan Musial, you know from afar mm-hmm. but but we I don't know that we revered him the way that people revered Brooks Robinson and it was more because of not the player but the, how he was on the field and how he was as a person which in the end at the end of the day were more important than the great plays and it was how he comported himself as a sportsman and a gentleman,
0: I mentioned um you know and I had so many wonderful interactions with Brooks in my life, yeah, but um, the last time that I spent with Brooks was the night that we were at Citron, and you know he was just there on his own, and yet still this deep into his life, having no obligation to do anything. Came over and and worked our room yep, and made he was unbelievable. Made yep. grown people cry still, still yep. all these years later, which I blew me away. It was just another reminder of like, right, that's Brooks Robinson. That's that's what he's willing to do on a night like this. I
2: did hear one negative about Brooks Robinson. Oh, you heard a negative. This is one uh, more negative than I've ever from heard in my life. Our former football writer Joe Platania. Okay, Joe Platania was batting against Brooks's son. Okay. In a little league game. Okay. <laughs> and his son struck out Brooks Robinson and he turned around and there was Brooks going, Yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Poor little Joe Botania <laughs> crushed by his hero, <laughs> celebrating him striking out. <laughs> I had a
2: very similar circumstance in 1992. I went to a real Fantasy Camp. Yeah. Okay. And I had a, gr- first of all, an amazing time. But I also performed amazingly well. My manager was Grant Jackson. We were Bucks Buccaneers. Okay. We ended up winning the championship, having largely to do with a submarining right-hander ah, Stan named Charles. Stan Charles. Yeah. Well, if you if you if you finish first, you played on Saturday. You played the first three-inning game against the Oriole Hall of Fame. You know all the old Orioles and. I I was pitching, and it was the first time the whole week that my arm hurt the night before. But I can't blame it. it didn't hurt that morning, but it hurt that night. It was so I said, how am I going to pitch? But I woke up, didn't bother me at all. Lead off hitter was Al Bumbrey, Line single to right field. Next batter was Paul Blair, line single to center. So suddenly, by the way, my ERA against the campers, was under 1 right. for for like 13 or 15 innings. I've got the two men on. I then had Lee May up and I quick pitched him with two strikes and cross-fired him rather than submarined him and I got a what I which should have been a called third strike. Ah. The umpire didn't want to call Lee May out. The next pitch he hit it to the wall. Ugh. So now I'm getting crushed in this first inning. I sort of not imitating Al Roboski. I'm I'm <laughs> rubbing up the ball with my back to the field, the, right?
0: The mad American.
2: I'm I'm really I got and I turn around and there's my catcher he has got Brooks Robinson and he's going, Honey, honey. You know, I want to pitch to, right, to the next right, batter, right. and he wants to get his Take a picture taken yeah, right like you're, you're pissed off. You're like, I got, <laughs> I just got tattooed by Lee yeah,
0: May when yeah, I got squeezed at the yeah. plate. What the hell and are you now, doing over yeah, there? Right.
2: Put it into perspective what that day was about.
0: Uh, Roy's going to join us in just a second here, but um, you know, obviously, there's there's no way of. It, I, I think it's it's very nice the Orioles are doing this public event on Monday. Yeah. In fact, I got to tell you guys, we don't I'm considering moving the time of Monday's show so that we are not doing the show at the same time as, as Brooks's memorial. It just seems like the, the yeah, smallest thing that we could do to to say, you know, we don't want to ask you to choose um because we all want to celebrate Brooks on Monday. Yep. That's and a great so idea. I, I'm leaning towards that and I got to talk about it with Griffin and the powers that be here, but yep. the plan the plan right now I think is to be that maybe we start at 11 or 11:30 something like yep. that on Monday and yeah. Allow everybody the time to um to to be there, and uh, I think it'll be a a wonderful
2: outpouring. I'm I'm emceeing an event on Monday that was supposed to start at noon. It's at Pappas Restaurant in Cockeysville, the Maryland. uh, The the uh, Babe Ruth. No, this is the Mike Bordick. Yeah, Mike Bordick thing. I'm I'm emceeing that, and I got asked to move it to one o'clock. So we're gonna do that at one o'clock on Monday. Hope some of you come out to see it.
0: And is uh you need tickets for that event, Stan?
2: Uh yeah, if you contact the Bay Ruth, Ruth Museum, Museum. okay, yep.
0: and it'll be Monday afternoon. You and Mike Bordick, lunch and conversation and yeah, talking. sort of a preview of the postseason. Very cool, very cool. That's a very neat thing. Um, all right. So this man, of course, is a broadcasting legend, and if you somehow don't know, Roy Firestone was also once the Bat Boy at spring training for the Baltimore Orioles, where he met one Brooks Robinson and developed a lifelong friendship and. It is a pleasure for us to welcome back into the program Mr. Roy Firestone, who is with us this morning. Roy, it's uh, Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. I can only imagine um, how your emotions have been the last couple of days, but we really appreciate you joining us this morning.
5: Well, uh, I appreciate you having me, Glenn. And hi, Stan. How you guys doing? Good, um, Roy. Good, Roy. You know, it's, it, it, it's kind of ironic. I mean, I, I, I wrote about five essays this week, and I posted them on social media, and a lot of people said, I'm sorry for your loss. And I understand the sentiment, but it's not my loss. It's humanity's loss. It's baseball's loss. It's the community's loss. It's uh, it's the loss of somebody that we, a kind of person that we don't really see much these days, a, a generous with his heart person. Um, I think as great a baseball player as he was, um, his heart led his heart for the fans, his heart for the game and his, as brilliant as he was as a baseball player, I think it, 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 it's in the shadows of the, the brilliance as a human being, as he was. And at the end of this little discussion here, Glenn and Stan, I'm going if to, it's, if it's okay with you, actually read my essay that I wrote. Of course, that of course. It's been shared literally thousands of times. But I, I just want people to know it ain't about me. <laughs> this is about Baltimore and baseball and the community – not just in Maryland, but a man. I mean, I don't mean to sound too large about it, but it's true. The guy was one of a kind. He never, ever did or said a thing that that divided people. He was always there, always as a friendly face. Boy, are we going to miss this guy.
2: Roy, I I mentioned to Glenn, and I'm sure in St. Louis, the fans in St. Louis love Stan the Man Museo. I'm sure in yep. Boston, they love Carl Yastrzemski the way we do in Baltimore. I'm sure in New mm-hmm. York, they love Yogi Berra. But I got to tell you, when we came out with that magazine in 2007, and you wrote the piece in yep. there, the memoir uh, about being a Bat Boy, um, I when we went up to New York in Secaucus, New Jersey at some collector's shows uh, that Molly uh-huh. and Brasigliano ran we with this magazine... I could not believe how revered he was from oh, yeah. all the baseball fans in New York and New Jersey. It was just remarkable yep. to me.
5: You know, it's funny, Stan. Uh, I don't think I ever heard him booed by an opposing team. Yeah. He certainly wasn't booed in the 70 World Series. I, you know, it's funny. I don't know if people noticed, but he was booed by the Orioles fans briefly when he represented the players' union mm-hmm. uh, during the strike, this was back in the early 70s. I think it was for one at bat. He was actually booed, <laughs> but he, stu- you know, he stood by. He stood by his guns. He was a guy who believed in trying to help people. And at that time, the union wasn't as strong as it is, of course, today. And Brooks was always. He wasn't what they call a rabble rouser. He wasn't a troublemaker. But he just believed that people should be treated properly. And in that case, back in the early 70s it was the players. And so he was part of the union with Marvin Miller. And uh, he was very, very briefly booed. And I used to kid him about it. He goes, I tried to think about that because he didn't like to rock the boat. He, he, he he was, he was really a person of love. And at the end of the, of this broadcast uh, conversation, I'm going to really try to discriminate between, you know, being a fan and being beloved. And I'm going to do that at the end. But, I just, I want to tell you one quick story. You know, um, Brooks, when Frank died, uh, there was a memorial in Los Angeles and Brooks called me and he said, where should I stay? You know, he had trying to do a little bit of an accent. They had that little, Arkansas. Arkansas, I said, hey, yeah. You know, and, and I'll tell about it later, but he always called me partner. Partner, where am I going to stay? And I said, you're staying with me. And like, I'm just taking a stab. There's no chance he would stay with me. Do you know, after I battled with him for about two or three hours he finally acquiesced and he and jim palmer stayed with me for a weekend in my house i don't know if people remember the old fan magazines tiger beat win a date with david cassidy for the weekend you know that thing (laughs) never happened never happened for a fan for those kids those teeny boppers but it really happened for me brooks stayed at my home He slept in my bed Uh, i slept in another room uh, and it was the, one of the most wonderful, warm, sweet. It was like a, a frat party the whole weekend. <laughs> we watched basketball. He told us stories. We went out for dinner. And I just want to say one last thing before we, before we get into this essay. When we went to dinner one night, uh, myself and the person I was seeing at the time and Brooks David, his, his son, and Jim Palmer and Brooks, I, I lifted a glass and I toasted him. And I said, listen, this is going to be corny, but I don't care. Uh, I've, I've loved you. I've admired you my whole career, my whole life. Everything that came my way in one way or another had something to do with you, Brooks. I just want you to know that I love you. And then I started, I started to cry. I, I, it, it got me. So Palmer, of course, is trying to needle me. Oh, come on. Stop with this stuff. You know, and then Brooks David took his glass and toasted me. And he said, Roy, I want you to know that I love you because you love my dad. Oh, oh! It was just mm. a beautiful moment. Mm. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. And I, I, I stayed in touch with Brooks until about three weeks ago. I could tell he was really, you know, fading. And there's no other way for me to put it. But he still, he still had the energy to ask me how I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's such a Brooks thing. It really is.
0: Boy, that's mm. powerful, Roy. Roy Firestone yeah. is with us. Roy, if I, before, and I, and we want to hear your essay. I, I, we were honored to hear your essay, but, but, but if I could before that, I just wonder, because I yeah. think everyone knows, you know, your history, it, being the Bat Boy, and that's how you made the connection, but to, to that point, h- how did it go from, you know, Bat yeah. Boy and, and getting the no Brooks to a friendship that lasted for decades and, you know, he would come stay with you at your house? Like, what what were the next steps that led to this? It's,
5: it's a great, question, and it's a question that am not often asked. I, I think my career was launched because I interviewed Brooks Robinson with a little tape recorder for my, for my high school newspaper, and it didn't go. I recorded it at Miami, in Miami Stadium after the after the practices were over. He was always one of the last to leave, and he did this lovely interview for this kid whose voice hadn't even changed yet, <laughs> and. I went home all excited, played it back. It didn't record. It didn't record. So I had to go back the next day and beg him. Not very much, by the way, did I have to beg yeah. him? He said, sure, let's do it again. Let's just do it again. And we did it again. And I said to myself, I'll never forget it. Boy, I like to do this. I'd like to interview people. I'd like to be around ballplayers in the locker rooms. And I was in the great locker rooms with Brooks and Frank and Boog and Palmer and Quayar and all those guys. And all the way through to the, you know, the, to the 70s when they finally broke it off. But it was, it was the, to me, the catalyst for me becoming a broadcaster. It was, and, but more than that, guys, it was the ethic. It was the ethic and the way he carried himself that I wanted to follow. I heard Palmer the other night on the broadcast say, who do you want to be like? I always wanted to be like Brooks. And I guarantee you there are thousands, maybe millions of people in the, in the Eastern seaboard who wanted to be like Brooks growing up. And I, I can tell you this, uh, you know, I named my son after Brooks. A lot of people did in Baltimore. But there's never, ever going to be a name like Brooks Robinson or a person like Brooks Robinson. It's so
1: an
2: impossible true. standard. So it really is an impossible Roy, standard. Roy, I just have to tell you, you were how old, 14, when the tape recorder Four, didn't 14,
0: work? Fi- 14 or 15, yeah. yeah I, I, ha- I couldn't even
5: drive. <laughs> I, I had so- my mother drop me off. At, at you know, so my, I don't know if you remember Miami Stadium. Sure. It was way in the back. It was a. Like, it was an, uh, not in the nicest area' no. to tell you the truth, but no. um, I, I, and he was always the first one in, and he who wanted to play pepper with me. I was just it was just a stunning thing. I, I was a terrible bat boy, just so you know I couldn't I, I just all, all I wanted to do, and Brooke used to make a joke, he says, "Hey, hey Firestone, you got to go get the bat the, the left-handed bat They're back down and I, and I really believed there were left-handed bats something to do with the grip. I thought there were left-handed bats and I was running all over. It was his joke. And he actually said it at his statue speech You know, when he, he, he singled me out. And one, one more comment before I, I move into the essay. The, the greatest thrill in my public life, the greatest thrill, is when Brooks called me and asked me to introduce his statue at Camden Yards uh, in 2012, September 2012. The mm-hmm. fact that I even got through that speech with, without crying, was was a, a bit of a feat of my in myself for myself. I couldn't believe I got through it. It was such an honor. I remember when he said, "I want you to do it, because I don't want to hurt any of my other teammates. <laughs> if if what if Boog does it, if Boo does it, then Jim Palmer will will be upset. And if Pop Frank does it, then pop. So he said, "I want you to do it. I said, "I'll take it. Whatever reason you got.
1: Yeah, let him so change it was. His mind.
5: It, 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 and it's on YouTube, and you can see it. It's Roy Firestone, Brooks Robinson, Dave. It's a, it's it's a powerful piece. But this is another essay. Yeah. If I may, gentlemen, I don't know how much time we have, Please but I'd like to just take just your time, it. okay? Because some people in sports are respected, and some are admired, and some are held in awe. Others are appreciated. Some of them begrudgingly given their quote props when they succeed. But you know, there's a difference between all those things and someone who's beloved. The person who has truly earned, not just admiration, but love, real love. You know, I've met maybe tens of thousands of great athletes in my time. Many held the public's fascination because of what they did in games. But precious few of them were truly beloved. Brooks Robinson was. He was beloved because of the way he played the game, of course, but he was really cherished and treasured. He touched the hearts of so many, not just because of his play, but because of his manner. I was around Brooks a lot as a player, and even more after he retired, and he was always the same, gracious and humble, and always respected the fan. He didn't even like to use the word fan. He always preferred to call them friends. And maybe, maybe that was the key to Brooks' appeal. He was like an old friend, familiar and kind and warm and easy to be with and always unselfish. I never saw Brooks Robinson stiff a kid for an autograph, or avoid grown-ups who wanted a picture, or to tell them some story about him when they saw him play and he must have heard thousands of those stories. And he gave the same response, a smile, a handshake, sometimes even a hug. He never got impatient with people. He felt he owed them his time. I asked Brooks to make calls to sick people in hospitals over the years. He unfailingly made those calls. I knew one person who had one dying wish to speak to Brooks Robinson before he died. Well, Brooks was told about it, and he called that person who died only hours after getting the call. Brooks loved people. People loved him. He never rolled his eyes or privately mocked when people asked him for something that meant something to them. He loved being Brooks Robinson. And at the same time, never took himself too seriously or needed any special treatment. Somebody once said, and all the time he was Brooks Robinson, it never occurred to him that it was Brooks Robinson, the star, the hero, the idol. I knew that man for 53 years. He was always the same to me, always called me partner. And at the end of every phone conversation, he always told me he loved me. He did it when I spoke to him a few weeks ago. His voice was frail sounding, and he was very weak. But he said, partner, how you do? We chatted for a few minutes, and I could tell it was likely the last time I would hear his voice. And then he said it again, partner, I love you. Everyone's going to go someday, people you are devoted to and people who never made a difference in anyone's life. But when truly wonderful people pass, there is a void in your heart, and there is for me, as there are for millions. I can say that in my time with Brooks, I had some of the most marvelous times I ever spent in my professional life, and I'm so grateful, and I only hope some of his characters somehow rubbed off on me. I would like to think so. So if you want to love Brooks Robinson, you have to get in line, because the line is long, and the love abounds. He's the best person I ever knew in sports, and among the best people anywhere. I'll say it to him now as he said it to me always. I love you, partner. Sleep well.
0: Roy, you have an incredible ability to evoke emotion. Um and, and always have. And uh that, that's thank be- you. I appreciate it. That's really beautiful, my friend. That's just I don't know thank what else to say. I- um I can can we assume you you're gonna be in town in the next few days?
5: Yeah, I'm, I am I'm waiting to hear what the what the I know there's a, a ceremony at Camden on, I believe it's Monday, but I don't know what the service situation is yet. And I, I don't know if I'm going to be a eulogist. I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm, it's not about me. I was already given the thrill of my life to to dedicate that statue to Brooks. But if they ask me, of course, they will be there. And I'll probably read what I just read.
2: Um, I'm sure you'll also visit that statue again.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, have some pic- I have some pictures with me and Brooks that day. By the way, you know, there's just Eddie... Cal and Palmer now left from that bunch yep. that were there that day, yep. and uh, yep. I—it I, was such a great moment in my life, and uh, I—I'm so blessed, and I'm—I'm I'm grateful that you guys would have me on to say these things.
0: Roy Firestone, uh, we truly appreciate you, and uh, we send you our love as well. We're all sharing it, you yep. know. We're all sharing these emotions. Yep. We send, absolutely. We send you our love as well. Thank you so much for doing that for us. This Thank morning.
5: you, Glenn. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Glenn. Talk to you later. Bye, bye. Right.
0: He has a special gift, Roy Firestone. Yeah, he really he does. He really can can pull emotion
2: and and get it out of you. And it's you know he's one of the one of the greats in that capacity. I wanted to tell him the story, but he ended up pulling away oh, yeah. when I asked right. him how old he was because I had the same experience yeah, with, last Gina, oh. with Gina, with Gino Marchetti. <laughs> oh, really? And I was about fifty-five oh, I didn't know that. years old. Yeah, okay, fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, there we go.
0: There we go.
2: I who did that when we did the sudden death magazine, sudden Yo, life magazine. Um,
0: Kevin Eck did a cover story for us about Tory Smith. Right. And he came back to town after he had left and he had won the Super Bowl with the Eagles, and the exact same Same thing thing. happened. He called me frantically on a Sunday night Clint, can you get Tory on the phone with me? I was like, (laughs) Kevin, what happened? I thought you interviewed him. I thought you were at the basket. Like, he had this charity (laughs) event. I thought you were there. And he's like, I'm like, oh, man, we have all been there. Oh, I don't know. When you and I did the baseball meetings a couple years ago, do you remember the one in Nashville? I also had picked up some side work from um, the station in D.C. Yeah. And Dusty Baker had, like, been effusively praising Aroldis Chapman, and it was very electric because it right. was right in in, in the moment right. where, you know, nobody thought that you should be hiring Aroldis Chapman to play baseball. And the station in D.C. is like, dude, are you going to get me the audio? I'm like, yeah, I got it. did not <laughs> there. It. The, the there. malt box that I plugged into yeah. did not function. And I'm s- scrambling, panicked now, because they paid me a nice chunk of change to go down and, and, and help them out that week as well. And this is the only thing that was going to matter from the entire week. And there I was, panicked and scrambling, trying to find the audio. It was rough. Mm. It was rough. Um Stan I know you need to we got we got to you know we had pre-recorded something yep. that we got to get to but I know you got to duck out here in a couple of minutes yep. um and head back that way. You had a show with Jeff Newman from the Maryland 5 Star. Jeff
2: Newman and Michael Hankin, Michael Hankman Hankin is the chairman of the board of the Maryland 5 Star event. Uh really interesting how that event is evolving and how they're trying to m- push that forward. And one of the things they stressed was how how difficult it was, and something they probably didn't fully calculate, the Wi-Fi situation out there I'm in sure, right. County. Yeah. but now they've got a partner that's taking care of that. the Wi-Fi is going to be uh, phenomenal, and uh, it, it's an interesting discussion. Interesting discussion. That show is available right now.
0: Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash
2: video. And I also have that new piece up with a great illustration by the great John Panisi of Brooks Robinson at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: Uh, by the way, a quick t- uh, tweet that I saw from Nathan Ruiz of the Baltimore Sun. The Orioles say their new partnership with the state of Maryland is... Quote, includes a 99-year ground lease for select areas around the ballpark north of Lee Street, including the BNO warehouse and Camden Station, giving way to more private investment opportunities and spurring economic development. Unquote. So it's interesting. It includes the BNO warehouse. I I. Guess that means that they now get the Orioles will control that. That's the trade off for yeah. we're not giving you the parking lots, but the yeah. trade off is we'll let you do what you want with the warehouse. Yeah. Um it's interesting. Like we we know how some of the warehouses used, obviously. A lot of it is office space, some for the Orioles yeah. and Mass and it'd be interesting to see,
2: you know. Listen, this is the way you compete in in this day and age. You compete with multiple revenue streams. The old days of just opening up your park and charging for uh, <clears throat> getting getting revenue from broadcast partners. Yep. Now it's you. You have to have multiple, multiple. And
0: as I said streams. along, I'm I'm on board with that. Right? Like I've been. You and I have talked about that a few times. I have no issue with, and I think it's good for the city to have more reason for people to be downtown. More things going on. I would say that's a limited space. Right. Like the, the warehouse is as thin as it is. Yep. Right. Like it's a limit to how much you can do with that space. Yep. And I want to know more about some of the other space they provided him. But it seems like that's the trade off for it. you cannot have the parking lots. We're not doing that. Um, so this is what the option is instead. and It'll be interesting to see what that looks like moving forward. Yep. All right, so that's the news there. Um, you'll be on the bat around tomorrow morning? I'll be on the bat around tomorrow morning. With Paul and Zach, so make sure you check that out from 10 to noon. Stay in the fan, Charles. Always appreciate you, sir. Thank you, bud. When we come back in, Michael Dunn, Cleveland Browns offensive lineman, former Terp, getting ready to face the Ravens on Sunday. We'll chat with him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
12: Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving.
10: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
0: The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org.
7: It's a marijuana.
0: The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire u.s citizen at the time of the hire and a valid driver's license so if you have a passion for service and want a career for life now is the time to join the baltimore county police department call 410-887-5542 or visit join
2: picking a restaurant to try for the first time let's look at the costas inn here's a few checklist items quality of the food check quality of service check Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check! And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check! 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 Costas Inn 4100 North Point Boulevard They check all the boxes Visit Harford County this
0: fall Celebrate arts across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations a bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford libation trail for more info head to visit harford.com maryland open what company has the expertise
2: to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria aj michaels Heating and air conditioning
7: in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from
6: your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here, on. GCR. I'm looking at the
0: map too, and I'm wondering when they say, because I want to, I want to word this one more time. This the statement um, says the partnership with the state of Maryland includes a 99-year ground lease for select areas around the ballpark north of Lee Street, including the B&O warehouse and Camden Station, giving way to more private investment opportunities and spurring economic development. And I'm wondering if that might actually end up including, like, Lot A. That that's the lot that they say, you can have Lot A. Now, you know, that's a little bit of parking that would hurt the Ravens on their event days. The Orioles would say, well, we're willing to trade that parking because we can just move, like, the media into Lot B.C. and say, you got to walk a little bit further. And, you know, we don't feel bad about that. That's the way that it's going to go. So I wonder if lot A ends up being a part of that and is, that
3: is lot A the one uh, north of MLK Boulevard or
0: it's between lot A is between the stadium and MLK yes oh, okay. lot A is oh, the okay, one gotcha. it's the one right there it's not you would not park in lot A no yeah. n- normal person would ever park in lot A right like you only park in lot A if you're working or if you're yeah, you know gotcha. in the media something like that so or you know could it be that in their mind they could then Whatever they end up developing, and it's a smaller space, but whatever they end up developing in that area could also include, you know, an underground parking garage. So they could just, in their mind, replace Lot A with, you know... I, I don't know. I don't know what this looks like, but that appears... it in in looking at it and the way that it's worded, it's possible that, like, everything on the other side of Lee Street could now be theirs. The other part that's interesting is um it also says also included in the deal is the changing of hands for operations and maintenance responsibilities from the maryland stadium authority to the orioles organization so that's interesting now moving forward that the orioles would then be on the hook for like hey if you don't if you're not happy with the sound system you got to fix the sound system like if you're so it's just interesting what that all looks like this is of course day one of this so there's a lot more to be learned than that we know at this point about what's next for the area around the stadium and unquestionably other people will be put out if if the Orioles are taking over the warehouse and they have other things in mind for the space then inevitably you know somebody who's using it for office space right now could end up being put out in the process but th- as i've said a million times before commercial real estate is the thing that nobody cries over yep. right like yeah. Nobody's losing their home. Nobody's losing their small business. Like, yeah, you know, we, we'll, we'll move on. In we'll live. You're yeah. gonna have to find it. Sorry, you had a really neat office space. You're gonna have to find office space somewhere else. Nobody's really all that upset for you. It's just the way that it goes. So that's um that's what we know kind of so far. Still a lot to be learned about what it looks like in this new partnership. Uh, Griffin, we are trying to help everybody out with their fantasy football team. You want to tell everybody a little bit more about it? Yeah,
3: maybe you have, like, Jameer Gibbs on your team or something uh-huh. and you don't know uh, what you should be doing with him. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, you might be in a little bit of luck. Press Box and Live Casino and Hotel have the answer for you. Uh, looking at you, Glenn. You still got me a
0: gentleman's nine last night. <laughs> gentleman's nine.
3: One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with Pressbox's own fantasy football expert Joe Serpico with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on starts and sits, trades, and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social with a reserved table and a two and two hundred dollars worth of food and beverage credit. To enter, go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You must be 21 or older to enter, and the complete rules are available over at PressBoxOnline.com slash contest.
0: All right, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, getting ready for a football game on Sunday, but an opportunity to catch up with Browns offensive lineman and former Terp Michael Dunn here on GCR. Of course, Ravens-Browns coming up this Sunday. Great time for us to catch up with a former Terp and a man who had to fight his way into the NFL, and he is not letting go ever since he has gotten to Cleveland. He is Browns offensive lineman Michael Dunn, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Michael, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us.
13: No, of course. I appreciate you having me again.
0: Dude, it's good to hear it's your voice. It's been a little while. You're right. I you know what I actually hear from your yeah. dad sometimes, right? Like every time you get <laughs> that,
13: that does not shock me.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> you get good news, he'll hit me up on Facebook about it, and I'm I'm really happy oh, for that's you, man. Funny. Um, Michael, you know, I, I, I reference you were a fighter, right? To your path to this point. You had to go through a lot of things. H- how much does it mean to now be this deep into it? And to be looking back like, oh, my God, it's been 6 it it's been seventh year, and, and like, you fully, completely established yourself as being a player at the highest level.
13: No, I mean, it's been awesome. Um, You know, it's always kind of difficult to really take time to reflect on your entire career, but, uh, you know, it's something that um, this offseason kind of just, like, you know, was able to take a step back and just process kind of everything that I've gone through throughout this six, seven-year journey of uh, the NFL. And uh, really, I consider myself really fortunate, lucky uh, to be in the position I'm in, and, uh, you know, I'm just glad to be able to continue to play.
0: Did you ever doubt yourself during this process? Like, you know, I get it. Nothing was promised to you, and so you can't control everything. But did you ever have moments where you said, like, man... I, I got there, that's cool, I, I don't know if it's going to ever happen. Did you ever think, like, it just might not work out for you to have a lengthy career?
13: Oh, 100%. Yeah, there were, there were many times that I was just like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to happen, but, <laughs> you know, in my head I was just like, I'm just going to keep going. Um, you know, throughout all the times of being cut or, you know, just being at home, uh, XFL, AF, you know, just trying to fight to you know, get on a 90 man roster. Um, you know, I always kind of would say to myself, like, uh, that like not necessarily I'd ever be in the position that I am today, but you know, I I always just felt like I'm continuing to get opportunities places and, you know, just see how that all works out. Like I was never going to quit while I was still getting, you know, some sort of, uh, opportunity to play, whether it's on a practice squad or a training camp or, you know, the XFL or AF, but uh, I can't really say that, you know, throughout all those tough times I ever imagined this, but, you know, it's been an incredible journey.
0: A fourth year now in Cleveland, right? Like, this, this is, I guess, becoming home for you at this point um, yeah,
13: no, we, we, we love it. Yeah. How my did
0: it, how did it work that like, they, you know, again, all of this journey, all those places that you just mentioned the stops, what was it that allowed it to click for a that allowed you to be such a good fit to stick it out with the Browns for this long?
13: Um, no, I mean, I just have, uh, you know, I owe a lot to the coaching staff here. Um, you know, my offensive line coach has done an incredible job, uh, you know, I I think he's one of the best in the business and really just being able to learn from him over these years has been great. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, you know, I can't really explain it, you know, for a lot of guys. Yeah. I know a lot of guys who are very talented football players and just never were put in a situation that, uh, gave them a chance to succeed. Um,
12: so you know, a lot
13: of it was kind of just timing and situations, and uh, and just making the most of the opportunity that kind of pre- presented itself at the time. Um, but yeah, no, it's just kind of it's been a grind um, every single year. But uh, but no, it's been it's been pretty cool to be here for.
0: Tell the uh, truth, and, and you're better than those guys. Now. Let's let's just be honest about it. You're better than those.
1: <laughs> <guys>. <laughs>
13: yeah no i mean like there's still a lot of good players you know just never got the opportunity but you know uh it's it's been it's been it's been
0: fun uh he is michael dunn of the cleveland browns former therapy is with us here on gcr uh, of course, we have been pulling you for, for you from afar, but, you know, that that has to get thrown out the window on Sunday, as I'm sure you understand. Yeah, um, this, uh, I, I get it. Yeah, this is really exciting, though, on Sunday, right? Like, this is all of a sudden looking like two teams that could end up being the teams that could be duking this thing out for the division. I know you're going to do the part where you say, hey, you know, we we everybody's just the next team on the schedule, but from afar it feels like this one seems a little bit bigger on Sunday.
13: I mean, it, like you said, it's the next one on the schedule. And, <laughs> you know, we have tons of respect for the Ravens. and You know, just the AFC North as a whole is just a great division to be a part of. Every team in the division is fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's some great competition for, for us. But, um, but no, I, you know, it's always, uh, you know, it, it's, Nice, kind of being in the AFC North where you get a. I know that this game's in Cleveland right now, but the one nice thing is we always kind of get a game in Baltimore that um, sure. all of the family and all the friends are able to go to every single year for me. But um, but no, it's it's a great team down there, um, and you know it definitely should be a good matchup.
0: I'm assuming your family, your friends, they were probably Commanders fans, right? Or or, or were the you know the whatever you want yeah. to call it at the time? Yeah, So yeah.
13: I, I was I was definitely closer, you know. Being from Bethesda, kind of right yeah. outside DC, there's more Commanders uh fandom, but there's still plenty of Ravens fans.
0: So, all right, let's let's talk about the, the season that you guys are putting together because that defense seems insane. You're going up against that every day in practice. Um, I'm not ready to start like saying that you guys are you know, that unit is like the two thousand Ravens or anything like that, but what is it about that group how mu- quickly did you realize like they might be special special on that side of the ball
13: i mean we knew right away in training camp that these guys are good and i mean we have such talented players on defense um you know it's been awesome to see them work this season uh i i expect uh you know to just continue being like that but um but yeah no, those guys are great they take to their coaching really well and you know, it's
0: it's fun to see. We're taking credit for a lot of it because your defensive coordinator is a Baltimore guy and Jim Schwartz and of course former Ravens Adarius Smith uh, comes in there and mixes it up and that dude is awesome. I don't know if yeah. you had an opportunity to get to know him much, but man, that guy is so cool and is clearly a hell of a yeah, football no, player.
13: It's it's been great it's been great having him on the team
0: this year. Dude, that guy can play. Um, you know, it, it, do you start building, you know, you guys have been through so much these last couple of seasons, right? Like, there were so many expectations, and it just wasn't like, how, how is the confidence for this team at the moment? And like, how good do you guys feel about where you're at uh, on both sides of the ball?
13: No, I mean, we feel good. It's still very early in the season, and you know, right now we're just focused on the But, um, you know, like every- uh, a new week every single week and you know we just got to do everything we can to prepare for um the next game basically but um but no it, it's been it's been uh it's been great kind of being a part of the team right now and you know seeing you know what was done kind of this early in the season but you know right now we're kind of just preparing for week four and the baltimore ravens
0: uh, I mentioned earlier that I'll hear from your dad from time to time. Did I see that maybe this summer you became a dad as well? I, I sure did. Man, yep. man. Tell me June about... twenty-nine. Yep. T- uh, okay, so it's a little girl?
13: Yeah, little girl, Madison.
0: So tell me about what... Like, dude, I... So I've got an 8-year-old and a 6-year-old boy, and I remember everyone telling me, like, bro, you have no idea how much your life is about to change. And, and the funny thing is it comes like after you get married and you realize like my life didn't change in any way whatsoever. Like it's (laughs) everything's the exact same right after you get married. So you hear that and you're like, okay, easy. But then within like a week you realize like, oh my God, no, they they underplayed it how much my life changed in this moment. Can you begin to describe, you know, how much your life has changed now as a dad?
13: I mean, it's the greatest thing ever being a dad. Um, You know just being able to come home every single day and having uh Maddie there and just you know playing with her and everything but really at the end of the day I owe tons of credit to my wife Marissa you know the life of a NFL player during training camp and in season you know it it could kind of be a little hectic um you know and she's done such an awesome job kind of holding down the fort at home um where, you know, it makes my life a little easier. Uh, but, you know, just being able to have, you know, our, our daughter with us now has been
0: absolutely incredible. Has it gotten you, like, out of diaper duty at all? Like, hey, you know, baby, I got to protect these hands, <laughs> right? Like, I got to go up against a pass rusher on Sunday. <laughs> like, have you been able to, to use that to yeah, your advantage?
13: Maybe I, I I might have used it a couple times. Like, <laughs> sorry, I got to watch some tape right now. But, you know... But, uh, no, my wife has been awesome, and, you know, it's kind of nice, like, you know, during uh, Tuesdays or off days and everything like that, to be able to spend some extra time at home. That's cool. uh, You know, changing diapers and stuff and feeding the baby and uh, doing what I can. But uh, for the most part, uh, Marissa has kind of done most of the heavy lifting.
0: And then, uh, how about these Terps, man? Like, you know, 4-0, and real chance to go 5-0 and this weekend, and it'd be a real big game looming after, looming after that at Ohio State, but, um, starting to feel like maybe there really is, there. There's, there's a there there at the moment, right?
13: Yeah, no, I mean, it's been awesome to watch so far. Um, I mean, just the team as a whole has been playing really well, and, uh... You know, definitely hoping that this weekend ahead, uh, Indiana, that, uh, hopefully it's not a trap game or right. anything like that, but I'm personally excited for, uh, the next week right. after, uh, you know, in Ohio state in Columbus, it's our bye week too. Oh, I didn't realize where, it was your bye. Uh,
0: oh, how perfect does that work out?
13: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we'll have to figure out, you know, if we're able to make it with a baby here, but, um you know, that, that would be fun to be
0: able to go to. Dude, that would be cool, man. How cool would that be? And and it it really is remarkable. And I know that like, you know, when you were there, you guys went through so much stuff, but like seeing how Mike has come back and, and just continued this trajectory, right? Like there hasn't been a lull yet. And while I know everybody wants to like go to the Rose bowl, win the, the big Ten, it's the reality of what Maryland football is up against. I'm sure you understand that more than ever, And just to not, you know, like, skip any steps in the process to continue building, it really has been cool to kind of watch from afar.
13: Oh, yeah, definitely. And really to have Coach Locks back there has been awesome. I mean, he's a perfect guy for the Maryland job. And, you know, being able to play for him for four years when he was the OC for us, like, you know how he is as a coach. And, you know, just for him to have his full hands on the team I, I, I never doubted that this team would be good. Um, and, you know, just to see what him and the whole coaching staff over there has done with the team. And, uh, you know, they're sending guys to the NFL now. Like, yep. I don't know how many guys were drafted this past year, but, like, you know, it seems like every year now there's always guys who are top prospects. And, you know, it seems like it's just going to continue that way. And, I you know for a recruit to see that, that, like, every year there's guys out of Maryland that are going to the NFL that only helps the team uh, move forward. So it's been really fun to watch and, you know, keep track. And, um, you know, every time that uh, I'm able to, I always try catching the game and everything like that. But, uh, but yeah, definitely excited for a chance to move to 5-0, which I don't know when the last time Maryland has been – Basically, know.
0: basically never. <laughs> oh, yeah,
13: really. We got to four zero a couple times I yeah. was there, but but never could get over the hump to five.
0: Oh man, it would be a big deal next weekend, Michael Dunn. Like I said, happy for you, and always love to see that uh, you, you're you're continuing this journey. But again, hope hope that it just doesn't go the right way on Sunday. That's the way that it goes. Um, uh, <laughs> the real Michael Dunn on Instagram. At Mike Dunn for real on Twitter. Michael, congratulations on continuing this thing, man. It's awesome to see. So happy for you and now for your family with a little girl. That's incredible, dude. Thank you for spending the time with us. No, thank you. It's Michael Dunn with us here on GCR. Uh, first of all, it would be the first time since 2001. I do want to make sure that's clear. It's the first time since they won the ACC and went to the Orange Bowl. Back in the 2001 season was the last time they started at the year 5-0, and and, of course, that was when they had to come from behind to win down at Georgia Tech in overtime in order to get there and get that 5-0 and start. Um, I, I also want to follow up real quickly because in in rereading this, the wording is important here, and Jeff Barker has written a little bit at The Sun, and I'll just read the way that he words it. The Orioles and representatives, sorry, make sure I have. the Orioles and representatives of Governor Westmore said Friday they have reached an agreement on a non-binding quote memorandum of understanding unquote, but not a lease to keep the Orioles committed to Camden Yards for 30 years. While representatives from the governor's office and the team proclaimed Thursday night that there was a 30year agreement, they acknowledged during a Friday morning briefing that no lease has been signed. And they said an extension of the current lease for at least a year or two may be needed because both sides have not agreed to final terms yet. Under the memorandum, the Orioles would cease paying rent to the state of Maryland, the uh, state of uh, for Camden Yards, and would assume responsibility for stadium operations and management. The memorandum, which calls for a 30 year commitment, is not a legally binding document. Now, this is going to be used to by some to create further hysteria right like there'll be a just when just when you thought that it was all done it's not actually done and that's not what this is this is a this is a we need to use certain wording until we have the actual like framework finalized i get it I understand why there will still be people that will choose to say, nothing's done until it's done, and if it's not legally binding, the Orioles aren't going anywhere. Stop it. Stop. I get it. I do understand. I really do understand that for some people it's, you know, wretched mismanagement and, you know, losing a football team. It's all of those things. But this isn't that. It's... Still weird. I get it. It's weird. You would like to just have all of the I's dotted and T's crossed at this point, and every day that goes by without it, for what it's worth, somebody would compare it to Pimlico, which I am to understand is still going to get done, but when they told us it was done, it hasn't been done. It still hasn't even started. So I do get it. It's frustrating, but nothing about this should read... This is why there's still uncertainty as much as it's just, hey, we know what we're doing here. We're making it abundantly clear. It's happening. We're going to start making moves. But, yes, the actual legal document still has to be finalized in the coming years. So we'll see how that goes. But calm down. It's (laughs) not what you think
3: it is. All right.
0: Ty Uh, Spouser. Yeah, what, what, Griff? No, I guess nothing. Okay. Tyus Bowser show returns. Oreos. Stop it. All Shut right. up. Returns this Tuesday night we'll be back at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. We know definitively there will not be any baseball going on, so there is no reason that you wouldn't come join us on Tuesday night at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, Tyus and a special guest. All brought to you by Superbook Sports and helpmygamblingproblem.org. You can find out more pressboxonline.com/bowser Awful lot of fun every Tyus Bowser Show. We will see you on Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and get a tidbit. By the way, you will hear segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show before we get out of here today. I know we're running late. We knew that we were going to be running late today, but also we started late today on top of it, so it's what it is. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
3: Uh, the Lions and the Packers did play a football game last night. Uh, Sam Laporta had, f- I believe, five, four, five catches I think last night. Uh, Apparently, now, now. in
0: one league, nobody claimed him this week, and I, re- I was really? like, "How is that possible?" And I remembered I went to put in a claim for him, but this is the Ryan Ripkins league. Oh, uh, Okay, so not really. There's league, no it I, like. there's no IR spot. Mm. And so tell me, so this is what my team looks like. So I've you're got. Trying to
3: figure out who to drop.
0: This is not the league where I, uh, this is the league where I have Jim, uh, Gibbs. This gotcha. is not our league. Uh, Tua Gibbs, Kyron Williams, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, Dallas Goddard, Puka Nakua, Kicker Defense. My bench is Anthony Richardson, Roshan Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Isaiah Pacheco, D.J. Moore, Gabe Davis. Remember, I dropped Evan Ingram in this league. Jeez. Upon uh, Ken's suggestion, in order to pick up Kareem Hunt, right? Yeah. So. Uh,
3: yeah, I don't know. I what mean, do I, I do? Because I I want to pick up Sam Laporta, but I've got Goddard. What's Goddard right? been doing? He's been I he's mean, been you fine. Know, all the tight ends have been. Yeah,
0: yeah. he's been fine. I want to pick up Laporta, but do I drop Goddard?
3: Right. Man, it's tough. Do I drop? I've in the league that I have two. In one of the leagues I have Tua in. I've just I've dropped my I dropped my other quarterback, and so I'm just like rolling with Tua. But like and Anthony Richardson, right, I know. has that like that upside, right? That you don't
0: really want to. And and I get it to A uh, when are you not going to play yeah, too? Uh, you might just me. yeah. I mean, but you're also you still worried about the concussion.
3: Up, a straight up Goddard for Laporta swap, and that would be the only. I, I, I guess I'm, depending what Goddard does this week, and uh, that, may that, that might be the play. That might have be, to the,
0: be the way to go.
1: Go ahead.
3: Uh, He now has more receptions in his first four career games than any other tight end in NFL history with 22, brought his season, or his career total up to 22 receptions after last night. He is now, now has uh, the only tight end with more receiving yards in their first four career games. After Laporta brought his total up to 242, this tight end had 315 through his first four games. Mike Ditka of of uh, the Chicago How Bears. Yes. How about that? Um so some tight end uh, little history there for you. Uh did you see the um uh the when Bryce Harper got thrown out yesterday? This isn't really a tidbit I guess. No. But but Bryce Harper got so Bryce Harper got thrown out by Angel Hernandez after on a check swing okay. where Bryce he did not go. He did not go, but uh Angel Hernandez was the third base umpire and he said he definitely went and he and then Bryce was flipped out and he immediately tossed him and then Bryce threw his helmet into the stands okay and it ended up with a 10 year old kid uh and and harper wanted to sign the helmet for the kid and so he did and so the kid had it and then the and then the kid uh was uh talked to after the game like they interviewed him after the game and he was hayden like this is dorfman is yes hayden dorfman this is the best baseball game i've ever been to yeah I mean,
0: that's right hayden. And Thanks, by a- the th- way you probably will never be to another a uh, better one yeah, honestly yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Let's to, be honest thanks to thanks to angel hernandez yeah it's true right <laughs> Uh I saw on Wednesday night where we were sitting as I told you it was right like we were, we had great seats mm. in the like 8th inning a foul pop came our way and ended up you know 12 seats to our right two rows back and the woman was not paying attention and it hit her on her shoulder and it sounded awful oh like gosh. it sounded terrible and I was like, what? First of all, you know, we, we immediately recognized when we were sitting there. Like, we got to make sure that we're constantly paying attention. Like, never look down. Always know, mm-hmm. you know. This woman never looked up. Never moved. Ne- just stood, sat there. To make me think, like, I guess that's not where it's hitting because she probably, and it just right on the shoulder. Now, she said she was fine. Jeez. We Everybody checked on her. She was like, you know, shaking it, in, and it stung clearly. But she swore she was okay, and it was just—I don't know how—you sit anywhere close at a baseball game, really? I mean, and you're not. Yeah. Maybe the 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 net gives you a false sense of security. Like the amount of of weight that that ball is coming down with, even on a pop up, is still gonna sting. Like y- you might not have the serious injuries that some people unfortunately had in the past, but. It still ain't gonna be good. Mm. Uh, I, when
3: I was there last night, I the I you know the what the the half inning that I chose to you know go go to the bathroom, I grabbed a pretzel, and uh, my mom said there was a foul ball. We were up, you know, we were up in the, the the upper deck along like the third baseline, and still like ten rows back, I think. So I mean, there was almost no chance we were getting a ball. And she, when I came back, she said that a foul ball came two rows in front of us, ah. and I was like, oh, ah. my gosh, I would have had it. Oh yeah, you would have, you, know, you would have been all I over caught, that. I one. caught a ball at a game last year. And uh, in in like one of the in one of the early in the year. Okay, when and nobody was they, at the game, they, and you yeah, had like well, an entire yeah. section to yeah. yourself. So. No, I caught it. They replayed it on the on the on the mass broadcast.
0: I have the only that was, ball that I've ever. That was my moment. I peaked. Okay, the <laughs> only ball that I've ever caught at a baseball game was a Melvin Mora three run homer against the Astros. Wow, it was Home not, ball. but it was a, on a ricochet. It was okay. um, probably s- one row below me and six seats down, six seats to my left. Hit a guy in the hands bounces out of his hand and like bounces legitimately a row that's how hard this like ball jeez. is traveling out of his hand it, it stung him it stung him but it was an adult male so i did not feel bad about this <laughs> i was also like 20 at the time right and, like better grab it. Yeah. um stung him and then bounced all the way to me jeez. a row and six seats away jeez and i just stuck my hand out i'm like hey cool i nice. right? just caught Have a home home for you? ball. Or? What's it? No. Well, they, uh, they did actually. Run. They did. They were cheering, but then everybody started looking and, like you know wow, in my direction, yeah. which was cool, right? Yeah. And uh, I think I definitely like tipped my cap or something like that, <laughs> like an idiot. It's the only ball I've ever caught. My Mrs. Clark, we were at a game during maybe one of the I wouldn't say one of the bad years, but I want to say it was actually in, like it might have been fifteen or thirteen, like not like when they were really bad, just when they and it was at the end of the year. I remember it still being hot enough that they were like giving away ice. Like, cups of ice on the concourse. Mm. And Mrs. Clark, we had, like, fourth row behind the plate seats. The best, I wow. mean, it was insane. My buddy Cotter got them for right us. Right Callen. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was there for this game because they were not good at this point. But Mrs. Clark was like, I'm going to go back up and get some more ice. And she comes back down and she's holding a baseball. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and she was like, oh, I walked out from, like, you know, back from the concourse back to the seats <laughs> And literally, the ball bounced right oh in front God. of her, and she just grabbed it. She was not happened, bang, last night. Too. Not so paying was, attention at all. Just, like, getting her ice and her pretzel or whatever she had. And she was walking back out, and all of a sudden, there's a ball popping right up into her face from a, a wow. foul ball. So
3: wow. Um, yeah, no, well, because well, so my friends would send me, that sent, took a video of the mass and broadcast, and Ben McDonald, when I, after I caught my ball. It was a Carlos Correa foul ball. I was sitting in the third deck. And he fouled it off right into the front row, and I grabbed it. Ben McDonald said, "Give that fan a contract." So nah, that's cool. So that was that's yeah, cool. that was pretty cool. All right. uh, the Orioles' first team. We got We this, do have yes, to move yes, on. I know. <laughs> We're, We're gonna go past one. From Sarah Langs, the Orioles are the first team in Major League Baseball history to go from a 110 loss season to a 100 win season in a three season span first team to do this the only team that ever even went from 100 losses to 100 wins in a three season span was the 67 to 69 mets, oh, mets. yeah yes
0: yeah that makes sense
3: yes uh and then finally uh clinch miss 2014 give me the lineup it was september 16th 2014 it was cool when we were walking out the stadium i saw the mural of the you
0: oh know, all the yeah, uh, of d- the division 20, well, yes
3: and then they had like a big one of the 2014 celebration uh, so that was cool to cool to look at as a
0: as I exited the
3: stadium.
12: Okay, I'm and trying. And grabbed to
3: my division champ shirt. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> like you accomplished something. I did, yeah, I did. You bought a shirt. <laughs> it's not an accomplishment. I'm helping resign Gunner. <laughs>
1: um,
0: it, it's an honest question. I'm trying to remember who was leading. Was David Lau leading off?
3: David Lau was not leading off. He was not in the lineup.
0: Okay. So was Nick Marcakis leading off? Nick Marcakis yeah. was, in fact, leading off. So then I'll say Adam Jones batting second. Uh not second. Jonah, Jonathan Scope batting second? Not Jonathan, Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope was not. He bitch. came
3: in uh, to pinch hit later. Okay. So Scope not. On, but Jonesy was batting third. Jones was third. Um
0: Well, so there was no Davis or Machado in the lineup because they were both gone by this point.
3: Uh correct. Yeah, yeah. no Davis or Machado.
0: Machado hurt, Davis suspended. So, Nelson Cruz was probably the cleanup hitter. He was, yes. DHing Nelson Cruz
1: so
3: was
0: k- k- good it was Kelly Johnson in the lineup that Scope Kelly was
3: Johnson yeah Kelly Johnson was not in the lineup. And who was playing second was Kelly Johnson base? on the 14 team
0: oh yeah he was definitely because he was okay. he was kind of like when when they needed they he and Deazo were the two they acquired at the second deadline that mm, year okay when they wanted reinforcements after losing um Davis did and you say that guy who would you just say Deazo was Deaza, he in the lineup he
3: was batting second.
0: Deaza
3: was Yeah, he seconds. was. He had a triple and had uh, three was RBIs. Was he playing left then? Uh, he was playing left, yeah. Mark Hickes in right, Deaza in left. So that was the top three. So you have the top four. We've got all outfielders in DH. Yes. Uh,
0: who was the infield? Yuck. Um, J.J. Hardy was probably playing. He was.
3: He was playing shortstop, batting sixth. Batting
0: sixth. Sixth. Okay. sixth. Uh, then who was the second base? Flaherty?
3: Uh, Flaherty, yes. Flaherty was uh, starting at
0: second. Batting ninth. Batting eighth. Eighth. Uh, Weeders behind the plate? Not Weeders. So that would have been, oh, God, don't tell me, don't tell me. It would have been Hundley? It was, Nick Hundley. Hundley. Batting ninth?
3: Yes, batting ninth.
6: Ooh. <laughs> corners.
0: Right. right. Now, I'm trying to remember who played first base. Uh, that would have been Pierce, right? It was, yeah. yes.
3: Steve Pierce hit a three-run homer in the first inning. Fifth? Uh, f- yeah, batting fifth, yes. So batting seventh. And playing third base. And he hit a homer on this game. Delman Young? No, not Delman Young. Third
0: base. Paredes? Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy
3: Paredes. Batting uh, third. Jimmy today, Paredes uh, was
0: playing out in uh, Frederick earlier yeah, this yeah.
3: year. Uh, then on the mound. Oh, who pitched that game? Uh, uh, Tillman. <laughs> no. Uh, Ubaldo. It was Ubaldo, right. yes. Pick up All his fifth right. win of the season. Right. Very five good. and nine. Very good. Uh, Tommy Hunter closed out the game.
0: All right, Tidbit was also brought to you today by the Green Turtle. Canton Grand Opening Celebration this Sunday. Join Ravens Super Bowl champion Kadri Ismail from 1 to 2 p.m. showing off his ring, taking pictures with everybody. Great specials all day long. You can watch the games. Maybe you can watch the AAA National Championship there, the Green Turtle and Canton on Sunday. But Kadri will be there 1 to 2 Check him out, the new green turtle at Canton Crossing. Tubular is brought to you today. Oh, who's calling me? Where's 424? Uh, Tubular is brought to you by your local... No, I did that one. So this one would then be brought to you by the Baltimore County, Baltimore County Police Department. October 29th. No, October 28th. I said the wrong date. I'm sorry. Scratch it. Erase it. May it never be said again. October 28th, the Public Safety Building. 700 East Chopper Road in Towson. Next hiring event for the Baltimore County Police Department, you can go through basically the entire hiring process right there. Written test, agility test, application, all of it. Plus, they'll have members of the specialized units in attendance, so if you have questions about, like, what career opportunities there might be besides just being a patrol officer, you can get those questions answered. If you're not looking for a career change, if you have no interest in becoming a Baltimore County police officer, it would still be a great day to be there because it's also a trunk-or-treat event. Nice community gathering, nice safe place for your kids to put their costumes on, go get some candy. Baltimore County Police Department hosting a trunk-or-treat and hiring event, October 28th, Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road, call 410-887-4584 or visit Join BaltimoreCountyPD.org in order to find out more. Sorry, join PD.com in order to find out more. I'll get there eventually. It's my fault. I was just, I don't know what happened there. I think it's because it's 1 o'clock. That might be part of the problem. Checked out. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Can't give you all of it, but give you what matters. Orioles, Red Sox, indeed, will play on. The only thing that would still be in play is for the Orioles to finish with a better record. Make sure they lock up finishing with a better record for the Do- than the Dodgers. Should that be the World Series matchup? Tonight on Masson, seven o'clock. Nick Pavetta and John Means. Tomorrow on Fox, it's Wayne Randazzo and AJ Pierzynski on the call. Seven fifteen. Tomorrow's also a sellout. <laughs> like the, game doesn't mean anything. It's sold out. That hoodie, everybody wants the hoodie. Is tonight the Jim Palmer thing, or is that tomorrow? Yes, tonight's believe- Jim Palmer.
3: Yeah think so yeah it's a nice Jim Palmer okay tomorrow's the hoodie they will not tomorrow's the hoodie they, they that's compete.
0: The reason uh tomorrow night Cutter Crawford and TBA we'll see what the Orioles plan to do pitching wise Sunday uh three o'clock on and Tanner Houck and TBA uh college football tomorrow Big Ten Network Indiana Maryland 330 CBS Sports Network South Florida Navy at 330 Flow Sports Towson New Hampshire at three ESPN Plus Morgan State Yale at noon yeah, Johns Hopkins is at Rowan at 1. You can watch it on YouTube. Tomorrow night, as I mentioned, MLB Network for the AAA National Championship game between Norfolk and Oklahoma City, 10 o'clock on MLB Network tomorrow night. Sunday, NFL, CBS, Ravens, Browns, 1 o'clock. Fox has Commanders, Eagles at 1 o'clock, Patriots, Cowboys, the game we all demanded at 425. And Sunday night, yes, Chiefs, Jets, Three hours of here's what Taylor Swift is doing right now. Here's Taylor Swift picking her nose. Here's Taylor Swift. That's what you're gonna get. Tuning in for Sunday. You think night she's football. gonna pick her nose? Don't don't I doubt it, but whatever she does, they're going to show it. That's at eight fifteen. Uh Ryder Cup got underway today. Uh tomorrow it continues it continues very early in the morning on NBC. Uh or it starts Adam, Adam
3: Jones is there, apparently. Oh really? Well yeah, he, li- he like lives in it. Spain oh, right, now, yeah. so that
0: makes sense. Yeah. Uh it's coverage actually starts tomorrow morning at 1:30 a.m. on USA network and moves to NBC Fantastic. at 3 I'm not watching I don't give a rat's ass. Uh on Sunday coverage starting at 5:30 a.m. on NBC. Oh, and ESPN Plus has Falcons Jaguars at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday, and if you want to watch the Toy Story thing, you can do that too. Nice non-sports any as need the highlight of highlights.
3: Okay, um, let's see, Gen V, a uh, new series on Prime Video. It's in the uh, the boys universe. Uh, okay. at Godalkin University. I, I don't I don't watch the boys, so I don't know if that's like a thing. But superhero school essentially. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, B. I love the
0: boys, so I'm. Yes, I'm uh, interested.
3: Flora and Son new movie on Apple TV. Do we know TV anybody plus. who's in it? Um, like, are they I, boy,
0: are boys characters involved I didn't in it? Or? See,
3: it didn't look like they were at least main characters okay. or anything. Um,
0: uh-huh. I'm 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 listening
3: uh the the all the uh animated uh the adult animation shows are back on fox new seasons there's a new show called crapopolis um which takes place in like ancient greece hannah uh, waddingham is one of one of the voices love me some hannah
0: waddingham yes of course uh ted lasso fame yes
3: those are the highlights of highlights. Okay, oh, good. the Meg two was uh, on streaming. On Apparently, PC. it sucked. Or now, start-max. in fairness,
0: every there were a lot of people that hated the Meg to begin with, and like the Meg was a fun movie, man. Like it was. <laughs> I did not see the Meg. I'm out on oh the Meg the first I one was fun as hell. It was it was outstanding. If you like shark movies, it's a great shark. I mean, it's not Jaws, but Jaws is the greatest motion picture of all time. Like that's not
3: the fair standard. And Jason Bay and yeah. Uh, what wasn't. Or uh, no, it was Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah Jason Statham. They, did right? Jason Bay do? He didn't do this. He didn't have anything to do with this.
0: Are you saying? Are you thinking of Michael Bay? Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, Jason Bay. Bay was a baseball yeah, right. player. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what in the world? I'm thinking of <laughs> Michael Bay. Uh, I don't think Michael Bay did the Meg. Yeah, yeah he was Transformers. Why did I think yeah, he did no the, uh, the Meg? I have no idea why you
3: thought, or the Meg. I don't. I
0: don't know. But I, the Meg was fun as hell, man. Like, I, I don't know what it got on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Ba-ba-ba-da. reaction, release, reception thank you uh, where is the, the, Meg
1: the
3: score it, it, uh,
0: 46% so wow. that's w- wildly the Meg is fun Like so F that but the second one got like 10% I mean it was not good alright um, Tubular was also brought to you today by Superbook Sports use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up Get a same-day first bet match up to two hundred fifty dollars. Download the SuperBook app. Go to Superbook.com. Thanks today to Michael Dunn. Thanks to Stan the Fan Charles. Thanks to Roy Firestone, Bo Smoka, Charles Davis. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at Again, bear with me. Sometime this weekend, I'll tell you when we're going to do Monday's show. I just think that we're maybe going to push it back a little bit because of the Brooks Robinson Memorial. I just think that I want to show that respect and. Not do a show at the same time as that's going on. I get it. Like most of you say, well, I listen later in the day anyway. Well, then you can listen later in the day to a later in the day show. Like, look at how that works out. I'm just leaning towards that, but I'll get you some um, a final decision on that at some point on social over the weekend. So stay tuned for that. Don't forget the Bat Around tomorrow morning with Paul and Zach, 10 to noon. And uh, Project Game Day on Sunday with myself, Rita, and Femi ayan Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, the Costa Sins, Superbook Sports, Dorchester County, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great day. Weekend Go Birds. Go Ravens. Go Maryland, Navy, Towson, Morgan, all of it. Duke sucks. We wrap up the week with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Michael Pierce. Welcome back in for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. I didn't realize Rita was still leading. Oh, yeah, Sorry, sure. Rita.
12: Apparently, we are, <laughs> this food is jumping. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are... I'm sorry, I was hungry. That's
0: okay, that's okay. We forgive you. (laughs) We are live at Guilford Hall Brewery, Press Box 105.7, The Fan, Tyus Bowser alongside Michael Pierce with us tonight. Um, I want to make sure I again shout out Guilford Hall Brewery because they are awesome hosts.
10: Amazing, man. (laughs) Love this place.
0: The space is incredible. They host events all throughout the year. And they got another, they're gonna be opening it in the morning for the London game on October 15th and hosting an official watch party with drink specials and food specials. So they're opening early on October 15th for the London game. This is the place to be, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. All right, so we can handle this quickly. You know, Week four is this week. It is. Mm. Uh-huh. And then after that would be week five. Uh-huh. That, is, that is true. So, Glenn is so doing
12: like, the most. You going to be ready soon or not?
10: I'm going to be ready soon.
12: You going to be ready soon? I'm
10: going to be ready soon. All right. And that's all I'm going to say. I
12: see the smirk on your face, so I'm going <laughs> to go with
1: that.
0: Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, can, all
12: right, can we pull the curtain
0: back for a second? Because I think people like hear this and they're like, Why can't you just ask Tyus when he's gonna be back on the field? That's not the way it works. Don't work that way. There are policies within the team and we don't talk about injuries and that's the way that things go. And they got
14: HIPAA laws and all of that stuff.
0: Uh Uh-huh, 100%, right? So that's the reason why if you turn in like, why won't you just ask Tyus to say when he's gonna be on the field? Well, we can't do that. That's the way that it goes. You
12: can ask, he ain't gonna tell you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
10: absolutely. He's just going to say, you like
12: at the way few, d- A few people I, did
10: that after the game. It's like, you going to be back? Uh, where? I'm like, I'm going to be back when I be back.
0: You know? <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> exactly. Mind your business. Just How are you me. feeling is the way that we, we can ask that. How yeah. are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling
10: good. Uh, it's coming along really well. You know, moving on the field a lot more. Um, getting into, you know, a few of my drills, just getting myself acclimated to being back on the field and, you know, getting used to everything again. So everything is moving in a positive direction and you know, I'ma be back, I'ma be back. All right, that's that's the part that
0: matters is we know it's coming soon and that's what yeah. we're waiting for, all Glenn, right.
12: Glenn, I got a question real quick because we, we know that Tyus does this thing where he um, throws the ball to people pre-game and he still does it because I saw a tweet where you gave a girl a ball yeah. and um, they were so thankful you know, for you, for. It was for an adorable little girl. It was, too, yeah, right. She was Absolutely. adorable. Absolutely. Um, I was gonna ask Michael, is there any like pre game um, things that you do to just kind of loosen yourself up a little bit and get prepared for the game?
14: Um, not a lot. Uh, I tend to listen to like jazz music.
1: Really?
12: Yeah.
14: Okay. Um, Who's your me, favorite jazz artist? My favorite jazz artist, I would say Bonnie James. Okay. But I can go deeper than that, like Miles Davis. Maynard Ferguson. Yeah, I'm okay. going on, on. But yeah, I, I'm deep in the jazz. So. Okay.
0: You know what? We might have to start calling Mike Uncle Clean. We might have might to, start. Have to
14: <laughs> Might have to. No, um, for me, it's just more so like calming myself down. So I always wake up like crazy early on game days, like 5 o'clock, for like no reason. I take melatonin to try to sleep in, but for whatever reason, I can't. So um, no, it's just more so like getting to the stadium, obviously doing activation stuff with our staff. But um just really trying to calm myself down and just kind of relax. Uh, I know everybody likes to hear football players like, oh, "I got to get myself riled up." That's the easy part for me. Once the you know the pass come on, all that stuff, I'm ready to go. But more so, just trying to keep myself in a steady state up until it's time to get on the field. So um, that's probably atypical, but um, that kind of keeps me even kill, And
12: I don't even think that, because didn't Michael Jordan listen to like-
14: Kenny Lattimore. Kenny
12: Lattimore or yeah, something, right? so I mean, wow. listen, you know, hey, I'm not gonna say I'm voice. Michael Jordan, <laughs> that is interesting to know.
0: Because you're better, right. So uh, <laughs> uh, I want to tell everybody, Great H Memorabilia has this amazing event coming up. It is on October 15th. They are hosting a private screening and brunch for the Taylor Swift Eras Tour film. And I know, Tyus, you're going to be the first in line Absolutely. Uh, when it comes out. It's at Horizon Cinemas Aberdeen, and your ticket includes admission to the screening, plus a delectable catered brunch, complimentary glam sessions, popcorn beverages, exciting giveaways, and much more, and it all benefits the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Find out more at facebook.com slash Memorabilia and GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. I bring it up because um... It was a pretty big story in football this weekend that Taylor Swift attended a game. Yeah, Took
14: over it, the internet.
0: Are you, are either, like, I joke about it, but are you at all, the, like, are you, do you, like, ever listen to Taylor Swift at all?
10: No.
12: Okay.
10: <laughs> the only, the last time I listened to Taylor Swift was when uh, Coach Harb's daughter was in the weight room working out. Really? And it was her birthday. So they kinda just They let her have they control let her have, the... they let her have control of the uh of the music. But did you even have like
0: your own earbuds to No,
10: nah, it was too loud to even
0: Oh wow. But I wow. mean it was like one
10: of two songs that I knew that was like one of her older songs, but yeah, that's about it. Okay. Yeah, that's My,
0: the last and Mike, you're not in on the Taylor Swift. Train. No, 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 no. Okay. Um,
14: I did hear like she's making like billions of dollars. Yeah, on she's this doing tour, well. Right. She's doing well for herself. Um, like I said, I'm not the most familiar, but like I said, I understand her greatness, so okay. let right. just leave it at that. That's a nice <laughs> way of saying it.
0: And, 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 had tip Travis Kelsey, do your thing, right? Like, I think we can all say that. Hey, yeah. My it's, question it's a catch. is a catch. You could have any one celebrity be your guest at a future home game, right? Sit in the box, be there as your guest. Who would you want that to be? Hang and, out afterwards. And
12: why is it Beyonce?
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Is that
10: you talking to me? Either Both of you. I want to give you can go first. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that might be a
14: trick question for you.
10: I ain't answering
14: that. But
12: I enough, bet you if you like, said Beyonce, your wife would be completely yeah. fine. My wife would probably have a blast sitting next to <laughs> so her. That, that'll work out all right
14: for
10: me. Celebrity guest. I mean, I'll probably say like my celebrity crush is Zazie Beats. I don't know if you've heard of like the Atlanta. She's probably been on a oh, few. OK. Um movies and stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of like my, you know, celebrity. So
0: this, you would be looking to pull a date out of this. Though. Absolutely. Like, okay. You're I trying mean, to go the Travis see, Kelsey. Yeah, way. absolutely.
10: Why not? It's oh, I don't for blame him. you at all. Shoot your shit. Isn't
0: it. that the story that he like just slid into her DMS or something like that? Why not? Exactly. Why not, man? There was a cornerback a couple. Was it Will Davis or? Will Davis. Remember Will Davis? Yeah. You know, the story that like he married a, an Olympic gymnast Oh, I thought she yeah, she was a, I thought she thought she was a model, but yeah. I think she sense. I think she was a model and a, an Olympic oh, gymnast. Okay. And I was asking him about it and he was like, Yeah, I just hit her up on Instagram one day, just like slid wow. in. That's wild. And she, and this is a British Olympic gymnast and he ended up marrying her. Like
12: happens all the
0: time. You know, right? So,
14: didn't that uh, guy from the Texans marry Simone Bowles and like yeah. She Oh yeah, up. right? And yep. she DM'd him, I think. Yep. So, Yo, it's the I world mean, we live in.
10: I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting for to for up. You're that waiting DM to get to the DM? Up. Yeah, but just waiting.
12: So you would like the DM from this young lady, so then you can invite her to the game.
10: The unfortunate thing, I think she is in a relationship. So. Ah. So, but, ah, you know, it is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Mike, we know it's not going to be that you're looking for a date out of this. Sure, so we yeah. understand.
14: No, um, I like to say two people. One, because we love her, Snow Aguilera. Like I love That's her true. music. That's okay. Tough. So if I could hear her sing after the
0: game, that'd be That'd dope. be cool. But, that'd be
14: real um, cool. I'd say like a former president, probably like Barack Obama, because I just I think mean, he's like super cool. Then with the rest of us super would have to wait five dude.
0: hours to get through security in order to get into the game. So thanks <laughs> a lot, Mike. Thanks I a lot. I ain't thinking about that part, but it'd be worth it. It'd be <laughs> worth it. Thinking about the rest of us and yeah. how miserable it would be to try to get into the game. But no, I respect that. I appreciate that a great deal. Um, speaking of celebrities... Let's just say, hypothetically, for, for no reason at all, Kim Kardashian were to be at a Ravens game later this season. No reason why that might be the case, right? Like, no reason whatsoever. Why, why Kim Kardashian? I don't even know, right? I'm just throwing out a name, like, okay. just, just maybe. Parker. At a Ravens game? At a Ravens game, right? Like, out of all teams. The I know there's 32 teams, and I'm saying she would come to a Ravens game. Okay,
14: I like to state on the record, I don't know anything.
1: (laughs)
10: I don't know anything. I don't, I mean, I'm asking questions now, so that's why, you know, I don't know nothing. Listen, you, you know something, Rita? Kim
12: Kardashian ain't coming here, okay? Wait, right, no, wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Let's wait.
12: be real, okay? If I, if you ever, Kim Kardashian is not coming here. But
0: wait a second, this city if, is a little. If,
12: too, this is not Calabasas, okay? <laughs> we love Baltimore. I love my city, but we are not Calabasas. That lady is not ever coming. here. But let's here. just say she had a friend that played
1: for the
0: Rams,
12: uh, so she, right? Like, she'll go to the away games where you know they they do play in L. A. in November. That's true. She'll just go out there.
0: That's true. Hmm, that makes if me that were to happen, would you be like, hey, I need to go over and get this pick real quick? Or would.
10: Honestly, I, I probably.
0: Probably not. Probably not. I, I think, thought you I were think about to will. say you. I thought that. I, it's, did, Rita, did it sound like he was about to say I probably would and then stopped himself Wait, and because,
12: Tobias, did you used to watch them? Wasn't that though, one of your guilty pleasure shows? Were.
10: Keeping up with the Kardashians.
1: Yeah. Is? No, I didn't watch it.
0: Okay. No,
12: we were. We so were very clear. We're Jersey Shore had.
0: guys uh, over on this side of the table. Okay. That was no, one
12: no. of the guests. Then somebody yeah. said that they loved I watching so. it. That was their seat. That was their their uh, show. So yeah. I thought it was you. Oh no. Never mind. And no, no. I agree. I don't think Tyus would like no. it.
0: You really wouldn't. You'd be like one pick, just one pick.
10: I mean, we've had other celebrities in there, but I mean, I never really
14: just,
10: Not like, a, yo, let me get a
0: pick. You know? All right, all right. Mike, what about you? Would you, if just hypothetically, Kim Kardashian were to be at a Ravens game this season, for no reason at all?
14: Eh. No, nah, I'm alright.
0: <laughs> I'm alright. I'm a country boy from Alabama, bro. I don't
14: do all that. Bro. You know what I mean. I'm not on that way. Oh, but that'll man. be dope if you. If that she would was that certainly if be If she cool. wanted to roll through, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm interested to figure out whom she yeah. would be. Uh, Mike, do
0: you really not me, know? We like all our, are, I guess.
14: I would like to hear you say
0: it. <laughs> okay, I just realized that you are really good at this, bro. <laughs> hey, you are really good at dodging this. That was well done. He legitimately had me convinced. He had no idea what we were talking about. Can I ask this? Can you guys talk about that in Like in the locker room? Can you guys be like... Well, I like, would well,
12: like make like pick on guys yeah, like when you, they're dating somebody that you know that is kind of high profile or something.
14: I really don't know if that's true or not. No, I'm just generally so,
12: speaking. Like, if it was it, right. it, let's hypothetically say, like, if it if it was someone in the locker room that was dating someone or right. relatively known, do y'all like get to pick on this person or like, oh, I, I heard you was hanging out with our fans. when they was at the drink concert, heard you was hanging out with Drake. Mm, yeah, he's famous. Do you get to do you guys do stuff like that? I
10: mean. Knowing the guys who knows him, I mean, like they've either been on music videos with this dude and you know what I'm saying? So we already know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean we don't really just bring that up because it's like oh, yeah, you don't like yeah. magically end up on
14: stage at a yeah. Drake concert. <laughs> exactly. <Very right? true. laughs> you know, like social media ruins like
0: your imagination. Exactly. You know who should be on stage at a Drake concert? Our guy Shaggy. Really? Should be on stage at a great concert. Yes. Our dude Shaggy. You could yes. do some work on yeah. This guy is as legit as it gets. And yeah. shout out
12: to him too because I I, I looked at that video <laughs> for about 10 minutes like <laughs> did they really bring? No. No, but the band ain't that cool, are they? Oh uh, my
1: God. Is
12: it and I just, I was like, it has to be him, right? Like nobody on the band, I've seen the band walk down Ravens Walk. They're a nice group of people. Yeah. They be one the one and they be on the two and the four beat. And so I'm happy for them, but they are not <laughs> yeah. that cool. I
10: honestly thought that they just was like,
14: yo, you know how to
10: dance, like go out there and do it. It's like, we're
14: gonna put a camera on you. They had me fooled. They had me fooled. A hundred percent. We me fooled. had an argument. Herb and I on the sideline was like, this dude is about to get fired. <laughs> like, he got on Nike dunks. Like, he's a little bit fresh for the, yeah, for the fresh. band, but too like, fresh. he got moves. So.
0: Kudos <laughs> to you, my G. Yo, Shaggy is legit. Give it up. Shaggy is here yeah. at Guilford Hall Brewery. That dude is amazing. All right. Um, before we get out of here, let's cover two things. One, what are the rules for, for a fumble and when you pick it up? And when you fall on it, like, I'm not trying to clown anybody. I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm just trying to ask a question about what the rules are. That's it. All right. What are the, that ball is laying there. You got one earlier this season, Mike, that ball is laying there. When are you supposed to just lay down? And when are you supposed to say, no, we can turn this into a touchdown right now. I'm going to go try to get that football.
10: I think it just depends on like where you at. You just got to be conscious of where you at. If, If it's a fumble in the pocket and the ball is around the line of scrimmage and if Mike Pierce see it, I'm sure he's going to try to dive on the ball. He's not trying to pick it up, you know, for the instance when What are you trying to say? No, I'm just saying (laughs) because you got so many guys there, they probably see it as well. You probably want to get on it compared to if, you know, K-Ham, you know, hits the quarterback and he's 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and the ball just sitting back there, like you will probably want to pick it up and run compared to just diving on it, because you have a better opportunity to score.
14: Yeah, so the rule is if you're in the clear, if you feel like you're you know, by yourself or you, know, you have an opportunity to run, then you can scoop and score. Uh, interestingly enough, we do this as a um, rookie initiation in camp where they uh, bring the fire holes out and they make them dive on the wet football. I've never done that. They've been doing it the past two years. Oh, the last two years, okay. <laughs> At least <laughs> well, yeah, the last two I saw. So. What, what was I wasn't
10: there, you know, I was hurt okay. the past You was inside. Yeah. Either way, inside. Um,
14: yeah, we get out this fire hose. I'm sure they got videos of this crap. So um, they wet the field up, this little section of the field right in front of the uh, facility. And um, they bring them fire hose out, and they, they spray the rookies as they try to dive on this wet football. So. <laughs> I mean, we had that kind of look the other day, but
0: it's the way it goes. Again, like I theoretically, said, theoretically,
14: we drilled that.
0: I'm telling you, I'm not trying to get on anybody. Right. Yeah. It's just I'm fascinated by what the thought like in that moment. Yeah. Like what that thought process is. Am I just supposed to get the football? Because you know how it's going to go if you fall on top of the ball. Everybody's going to say, dude, there are 40 yards right in front right. of you. Like you should have gone. And the scored most t-
10: important thing is to get the ball. Secure
0: right, the ball. The possession, secure yeah. the ball. That's it. Yeah. Gotta make sure you come away with it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you go scoop and score, you better pick up the ball yeah. or you're gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, all right. I think we yeah. handled that as well yeah. as we possibly okay. could. Yeah. Uh, this week, Cleveland. Yeah. Real tough stretch these three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an awful lot of travel in three weeks, man. Like, I-, I can't even put into words. I imagine, let's say all the platitudes we're supposed to say, right? Like, driven, focused. After a tough loss, like everybody's reeled in on what's ahead in these next three weeks, right? It's yeah, I mean, I think
14: it goes without saying these two these next two games are division games. So, um, like I said, we have an opportunity to go three and on division. If you can do that, um yeah. your your road'll be a lot easier. With all the
0: rest of them being at home after On that. the right. back end. On
12: the back
14: end, yeah. Right. So if you handle your business up front, you don't have to worry as much on the back end. So um
0: that's all the motivation we need. I mean, y'all started off pretty well in division. That was a pretty good... Why couldn't we have done a show last Tuesday? Why couldn't no. we have had that? <laughs> Just to have that it's jubilation, not. man. I mean, it could have been that way this week, you know? I know. I know. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And then uh, let's talk about Zedarius real quick, because as we talked about it before, before. Like, I know he meant a lot to you guys when you guys were, were first getting your feet wet, um, seeing him on Sunday, the career that he has carved out for himself. After move, like there's a joke for years that like once you moved on from Baltimore, nobody finds a lot of success, right? Like <laughs> that dude has found an ungodly amount of success in this league. Um, what is it going to mean to see Zadarius?
14: Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Zadarius is a fellow Alabamian, so um, like I said, I came in a year after him and I saw him literally take off and then morph into something that I don't think anybody really could have foreseen, like to that height. Uh, just being a premier pass rusher in this league. So, um, now I'm super happy for him. I got to play him, and he was in uh, Green Bay. But, um, no, nah, man, that's uh, like I said, it's like a family member that you get to see. So, kind of like with Big O um, and Cincy. So, um, no, nah, man, we don't want him to have any success this week. But no doubt. No it's cool doubt. to watch him on film. <laughs> no. Yeah, besides
10: this week, you know, best of luck to that man. But, you know, we're trying to tame him. But he's a great player, and like I said, this is a guy that I've been looking up to you know since my first year, you know looking at him in one on ones and I'm just going through film like, man, like what is he doing to just you know move so freely like what is he seeing and i've I've always asked him questions about it as well, and I mean the film shows i mean he's uh, he's in the backfield almost every time, and that's definitely going to be a tough guy we're going to have to look out for and you know block, but great player, you know looking forward to seeing him play um not expecting too much this week, but uh, you know, any other time besides this week, right. you know, I'm May always supporting that guy. May
0: he lose by 100 points. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Indeed. There we go. I don't think we can say anything else about that. Uh, make some noise one more time. Michael Pierce. you got off Twitter. You're still on Instagram though, right? Yeah, I'm still on Instagram. Give Mike a follow there. I wanna I wanna remind everybody Glenn Clark 23 is the code Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. When you do, you will get a same day first bet match up to 250 dollars, win or lose. Glenn Clark 23 at Superbook. Tyus, uh, I hope the next time we're back together next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, right back here at Guilford Hall Brewery. Yeah. I'm I need excited to about everybody that. everybody here
10: too. Every single person. It's not that many people here, so I know I know exactly who's in here.
0: <laughs> uh, we will be back here Tuesday, October second. For t- October third, third. October third is the date next Tuesday for the next Tyus Bowser show. Pressboxonline.com Bowser to find out more. Rita, love you. Love Tyus you friend. love you, brother. Appreciate love you. As you. Well, man. Thank you everybody who came out tonight. This has been the Tyus Bowser Show.